Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. You know, it's funny, we were just talking yesterday with Jonathan Mosley about the fact that there's, there's no such thing as a slow news day anymore. <laughs> there just isn't. Uh, there's too many things happening. I've got a list that's, that's quite a bit uh, longer than my three-hour show. We've got uh, Josie Cassi, uh in the second hour with the Latino Report. Uh, we've got Mario Prado, who's the producer of The Falcon, which is a fabulous movie that, uh, that Action Radio is involved with, um, really helping out a whole lot more than Mario expected, which is really kind of fun. But again, I, I, I don't know how much I can tell you. So I have to be a little secretive, a little reserved. I kind of let him do it because, first of all, it's his film. But we are, we are very much involved uh, in, in coming up and helping story and, and other stuff. And, uh, you know, just, just because what we do here at Action Radio, no one does what we do. There is no citizen legislature, uh, as far as I know, in the world like ours. There certainly isn't one attached to a radio show. And so what we do is unique in, in the world. And we have some pretty unique reporters, uh, one of which is uh, Brianna Cannon, who's on the line right now. So let's get to her report. Uh, as I think she's got a little bit uh, of a limitation today, which is no fun for me because I love talking to her. All right, be right back. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Of course, it helps if I make your line live. That'll be a lot easier to talk. <laughs> Good morning, Brianna. How are you doing? Good morning. I am extremely tired, but I'm doing good. Okay, well, if you, if you like, you know, fall asleep during the show, I'll just kind of pick up where you leave off, so don't worry about it. I got you covered. <laughs> hey, it happens. Well, you're, are you finals right now, or what's going on in school? Have they got you doing too much? And, of course, you know, me, I watch on my radio show, too. So, uh, you know, there's all these demands on your time, I'm guessing, right? Um, yeah, I have one final test left, but um, we just have been super busy. Okay. Well, maybe more time over Christmas break, uh, you, we can uh, we can spend longer on the show. But since we do have a, a limitation today, why don't you tell me what's on your mind, what you've been thinking about, and let's uh, let's get into government inquiry. Where where shall we inquire this week? Okay. Um. So I have some different points that like I've like seen throughout the week. Um. So mm-hmm. the first one is the lemon test. Do you know the lemon test? Oh, yeah. I haven't read the exact wording for a while. Hopefully you've got it right there. Let's talk about the lemon I test. Don't. Cause, yeah. Well, I can look it up real fast. Um, how did this come about? What's, what's, what's your question on it? Because I remember it from a um, – we had a, a cross in uh, Pensacola, uh, which is next door to me in Milton. I'm, I'm in Milton on the Gulf Coast of Florida for our new listeners. Um, 
And there was a big uh, fight over it to keep it, which should be a no-brainer because of the First Amendment. But the Supreme Court invented this thing called the Lemon Test. And the Lemon Test determines whether uh, a cross is able to stand. Um, did you want to describe it or do you want me to keep going? What's, um, what do you think? Because I remember a little bit of it. It's coming back to me Yeah, now. it's – if I'm not mistaken, it's where they judge on whether something is, like, religious. And mm-hmm. if it is, they won't allow it in, like um, – any kind of like public area, like a school or a government building or something. I remember a, a cross cannot be, um, it can't just be religious. It also has to be historic. There has to be something more to it. Let's go to, let me see. I'm trying to find a quick one here. You surprised me with this one. So the, the end of the lemon test. Ooh, Alliance. Oh, here we go. Here they're trying to get rid of the lemon test. All right, so let's let's go with let's go with someone on our side here. <laughs> Looks like the uh, the alliance defending freedom. Here we go. At the end of the lemon test. The Supreme Court finally abandoned the lemon test of Kennedy Burson on recent. So this is published September 12th. So this, it says one of the biggest obstacles to religious liberty that I have seen in many years litigating the First Amendment uh, since eight, 1984. Well, it's an interesting year. Uh, had been the extreme separatist version of the Establishment Clause manifested in the lemon test, a three-part test concocted by the Supreme Court in 1971, no, right before Roe v. Wade, <laughs> great timing, uh, decision in Lemon versus Kurtzman. A, it's a historical focus and one size fits all, I'm going to turn my screen around a little bit here so I can read this, application convinced many government officials that they had a constitutional duty to go on search and destroy missions to obliterate all things religious from public life. Thank God the Supreme Court finally eliminated this destructive test in June 2022 in the Coach Kennedy prayer case, Kennedy v. Bremerton School District. So I don't know that. So if you want to, if you want to go over that case at some point, you know, bring it up and we can, we can talk about it because this looks like exactly what you're talking about. So let me see if I can just get the, the – uh, here's yeah, the limit test. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I actually didn't know that um, they'd gotten rid of it. I'd be like – I didn't either. This year, right? I didn't, I, well, I didn't make the headlines. Kind of funny, like, um, <laughs> what you were reading on this because like uh-huh. my question that I like had for this was like um, the lemon test being unconstitutional. It is, but not, but the Supreme Court will like, say it's not, it's Yeah. one of those effects of judicial review. We need to talk about it too. Um, for those who don't know, Brianna sent me something very interesting, uh, judicial restraint versus judicial activism, which is something we need to, to spend some time sort of getting ready for it and talking a little bit about ahead of time uh, so we can kind of present that because those are – and I, I want to get the context of it um, before, before we do that, but we'll talk about that. Let me, let me give you the actual lemon test itself, and I'll send you this article. And so after the show, and we can talk about this uh, further because, you know, on Action Radio, we never have to solve anything the first time we talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's always much more interesting to, uh, to follow up. Okay, so here's the lemon test. Uh, under the lemon test, the go- a government action violates the establishment clause if it violates one or more of its three prongs. This is like the, the reasonable restrictions on the Second Amendment, which is also bogus, or the compelling state interest test. In other words, the... Uh, the government can violate your rights if it's, if it's a compelling state interest, okay? That's BS also. So here's the three one. Lacks a secular purpose. So let's take our cross in uh, Bayview Park, which is where it was in Pensacola. So if a, if a cross in Pensacola lacks a secular purpose, it fails the lemon test. If it has the primary effect of promoting or disparaging religion, well, I think, you know, Christianity is pretty associated with the cross. So let's, let's say it fails that test too. And the third one excessively entangles the government in religion. What, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean excessively entangles the government and religion? What, because someone put a cross in a park? Anyway, 
That's the lemon test. So now that you've got it, what do you think? And how, how did you come about the, talking about this this morning? I'm curious. Um, I honestly don't remember. It could have been from reading something or it could have been something from school. I honestly don't remember where I found it. Okay. But I remember well. I came across it, and it was something to do with, like, taking prayer out of schools with, like, the context of the lemon test that I was hmm. reading or learning about or wherever I got could it be. from. Yeah, could be. Well, here's a, let's, let's make it more general uh, for, for discussion this morning. Can the Supreme Court apply tests when it comes to the Bill of Rights? I think that's borders on a rhetorical. I, I think it's borders on a rhetorical question, actually. Can the Supreme Court uh, apply various tests uh, when it comes to the Bill of Rights? Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think that test would be right. I mean, like, what would you do for a test? I mean, isn't it just kind of like laid out? Like, well, let's let's take a uh, let's let's do this a little bit further. It says the uh, 1971, the Supreme Court devised a new test for evaluating government actions that might violate the Establishment Clause. So let's let's start there. What what is the Establishment Clause? Quiz time. Mm, not sure. Okay, so, that, so this, is, this, is le- this is legal code. So the Establishment Clause is that part of the First Amendment which refers to establishing a religion. So you go to your First Amendment, and it says very simply here, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Now, there's two interpretations of that. There's the real one, <laughs> the one that we all hold, which is what that means is that Congress cannot create the Church of the USA. There's no Church of America. The president is not Archbishop of America as well as president. So in other words, they're not, the government is not establishing itself as a religion. Like in England, you have the Church of England. And the Church of England, uh, the head of the Church of England is the monarch. So King Charles the fourth, fifth, whatever he is. So King Charles is not only head of the state of England, he's also head of the Church of England because it's the same thing. Church and state are under the monarch. The deputy would be the Archbishop of Canterbury would be like the number two person in the Church of England. The state of England, I guess number two would be the prime minister. So they actually combined church and state. So what our founders said was, we don't want that. We don't want the government establishing religion. So we're going to say the government cannot establish a religion. So then entered the leftists. So the leftists came in and said, well, this is great. We can take this and said that anything that even touches religion and government, if they cross in any way, we can't have that because there's a separation of church and state. And what's your comment on the separation of church and state? Yeah, and that's a, like a really common thing that we were fighting over because there actually is no separation of church and state anywhere in the Constitution. How about um, that? And there's like, <laughs> yeah, and there's something like that's been brought up like a lot, and it's like mm-hmm. constantly being used. Even though people are now, I guess, think it's almost become really common for people because people have actually learned this on the uh, right side of things. But there's still some people who don't know. Um, and the left still tries to use it all the time, and mm-hmm. the right rattles with that all the time. Um, well, they use it because it works. See, that's the problem. It works. It works because people are ignorant of the Constitution because they're not taught the Constitution in school. So we have a, a longstanding principle here radio that assumptions are stronger than truth 
People will go to the grave with their assumptions. Climate change is real. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, there's a separation of church and state. No, there isn't. <laughs> the, the government can put reasonable restrictions on our rights. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> we, we can have mandates that, uh, you know, for our public health. No, you can't. <laughs> not if they violate the Constitution. You know, the Constitution can be suspended. <laughs> no, it can't. <laughs> Okay, so, but these are assumptions. The Supreme Court can interpret the Constitution. No, they can't. Okay, so, shall I go on? But you get the idea. Yeah, and something that, like, I've seen with people, like, sometimes they use the reasoning of not putting religion in things or they want to take it out of things and stuff, mm-hmm. and they even do it in just everyday normal things. Like, for example, um, I was asking the library why they don't have any sort of event for um, Christmas, because I know they had one for, like, fall, kind of like a Halloween kind of thing. Which library? Just curious. Um, Public library or school library? Public libraries. Okay. And I remember when I was young, I honestly don't remember which library it was, but they had this little, like, Christmas walkthrough, and it was, like, the story of Jesus, but I don't Mm -hmm. remember which one it is, because I was really young. But I was asking, like, why our our library didn't do anything. And they said, well, um, because it's a religious holiday and they don't um, want to like exclude other religions and not everybody is that religion. So they're not going to do it. Because it's oh, stop right religions. there. This is no, this is huge. This is a huge point mm-hmm. because this is how the left can dismiss anything religious. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. Well, not everybody celebrates Ramadan either, but I'm not going to ban it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say you can't display yeah. things like that. Not everybody celebrates uh, Kwanzaa or, or Hanukkah. Not everybody celebrates Buddhist birthday. Not everybody celebrates uh, a bunch of different things. So what? Some people do. So, in, so rather than focus on the some people that do and let them celebrate their religion however they want, I don't care. It's their religion. They can celebrate as long as they're not doing animal sacrifice and violating other rights of, of ours and, you know, things like that. Um, but, uh, and that, that's an, that would be an interesting topic too. I mean, how far does religion go? How much can you say is your practice of religion? You know, it's, it's really an interesting topic, but as far as that goes, the, this idea that, well, not some people might be offended. Not everybody practices Christmas. Therefore you can't have Christmas. That's utter nonsense. How do you defend that? Yeah. You know, not every, not everybody. Uh, I mean, I could say everything. Not everybody uh, picks something. I mean, I don't know. Not everybody watches movies. You know, should we, should we stop movies? <laughs> you know, let's close all the theaters. Not everybody watches movies. That's absurd. But if you say exactly the same thing with, with, a, with a religious holiday, with a Christian holiday especially, all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, not everybody celebrates it. That's an irrelevant argument. That is meaningless, right? Well, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. It is. It is a meaningless argument. But it's okay. used all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like almost... And like obviously reflex. it's like irrelevant and it, it <laughs> doesn't reflex. work, but it's also yeah. like mm-hmm. a very stupid argument. Mm-hmm. Like in the context of it, like I, obviously you can see like the common sense of it too, but it, it just kind of like makes me wonder why it is used so much to get things mm-hmm. to work when it's just like sometimes just an idea because I'm not really sure. I think okay. one thing that people do don't do in like finding this is that it's like almost stupid to comprehend <laughs> no it's it's a guilt trip it's an emotional yeah. argument it doesn't have to make sense i think that's the difference so let's, let's explore this so if it's an emotional argument all right you know appealing to people's sense of fair play this is what it does it says it's fair play 
that if not everybody celebrates Christmas, we shouldn't have Christmas in, in government buildings. Those two are not connected. You should have Christmas in government buildings if there are Christians who want to celebrate Christmas in government buildings. That doesn't mean the government is establishing a religion. It just means the government is allowing for the celebration of Christmas, which they have to do under the First Amendment. But the emotional argument is, well, gee, I guess that's not fair. So you see how an emotional argument can counter logic? Yeah. How do we counter that? How do we counter the uh, uh, argument where people think, well, it's not fair? Is there a counter-emotional argument? See if you can make one. Let me bring on Pianchi. What's the counter-emotional argument to not everybody celebrates Christmas? Appeal to my emotions. Don't use logic at all. I don't care if you're totally outrageous. Make an emotional argument. See, this is how you learn to defeat the left, right? Give me an emotional argument for celebrating Christmas in government buildings. Then don't ever celebrate your birthday. Ooh, I like that one. Because it's not fair, because not everybody has a birthday on your birthday. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's actually really good. Pianchi, what do you think? You got a question for Brianna? Good morning. No, she does very, she is doing very good in the morning to you and her. <clears throat> very good in the analytical thinking. Once you have opportunity to think it out. Yeah, and this is, this is why we, you know, like I say, uh, the questions that we talk about here, I don't mind extending them in, into different weeks. I was thinking of, of something, um, I had an emotional argument too. You know, it, mm, I forgot it now, but it's, it goes along those same lines. You know, if it's if it's unfair, you know, um, oh, I forgot what it was now. I like, I'm still back at the birthday one. That's a good idea. Well, how about your birthday? Yeah, I think Pianchi, do you have an emotional argument? Why we can celebrate Christmas? Uh, I probably do. All right, give me give me one. No facts. I don't care about facts. I just want emotions, pure emotions. Let's defeat the left with our own game. It's only raining on my side of the street. Why come you over there basking in sunshine? That's not fair. That's right. That's weather discrimination. That's that's uh, yeah. that's uh, that's climate change discrimination. That's inequity. That's inequitable climate change distribution. <laughs> Brianna, did you follow that? <laughs> I just made that up. Yeah. Okay, here's one for you. Brianna, have you ever seen um, the the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Um, yes, but it's okay, been a good. really long time. Okay. <laughs> I love it when you say it's been a really long time or, you know, those people are really young. It just cracks me up. I just want you to know that because everything's relative. So <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> sorry, Charlie Brown Christmas special I mean, came like out. I mean, like elementary school kind of, oh. kind of thing. You're like, what, five years ago? <laughs> sorry, I'm teasing you. <laughs> well, you're, you are a youngest reporter, so I have to have a little fun with you. Um, when the Charlie Brown Christmas special came out, uh, there was one scene in it that always stuck with all of us. And I think I saw it when I was like five years old the first time. And, and Linus explains to Charlie Brown the meaning of Christmas. So what I would do, my emotional argument for Christmas would be to play that video of the Charlie Brown Christmas of Linus explaining with the lights and the whole bit and his little blanket saying, Charlie Brown, you know, there, there was a savior born in a manger and it was Christ the Lord. And, and just to say, and this is the meaning of Christmas. And you're saying, I can't talk about that. That's not fair. So that, that would be my emotional argument would be to play the Charlie Brown Christmas video and say, how can you, how can you think it's, you know, how can you take away, you know, Linus from Christmas? You can't do that. That's not fair. So there's my emotional argument. Yeah. And it's, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The argument is really consistent with the leftist tactic of mm-hmm. like subjectivity on everything. Um, like it only works if it's their way or if it's what they want. 
it's always subjective. Like every argument is subjective. Well, give me some examples. Subject, in other words, as opposed to objective. In other words, objective facts. Is that your yeah. contrast? Okay. Or, or just logic and reasoning. Well, that's what we use. I mean, uh, that's in fact you've, you've recorded exactly you know my logic and reason test. You know, whatever's going on, can it pass yeah, the like logic use, and reason test? Yeah, they use like subjectivity and feelings rather than you know facts mm-hmm. and objectivity and logic and reasoning. And why do they do that? <laughs> because they can't win on yeah, logic and reason exactly. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, <laughs> the First Amendment is clear. It says very clearly that government, Congress shall not establish a religion. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's, there's no interpretation of that. In fact, I don't like interpretation anyway. That's another myth. Now, why would the left bring in interpretation into the courts? There's another, there's another question for you. Um, nope, go a little background noise here. Not, like, the first thing is, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's somebody else's part. Um, I think... I don't think, first off, like the left actually created this. Um, I don't think technically back whenever this was instituted, they had a direct left and right. Um, that is an interesting question. All right. So let's, let's, uh, Piaki, do you want to take a, did we have a left and a right at our founding? I think we did. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll explain it in a second, but I want to, I want to get all your viewpoints. Piaki, did we have a left and a right at our founding? We had two different points. Ideology, yes. And they tried to uh, meet in the middle. And who defined what were the what the, were the defining difference or what were the defining uh, groups called? You mean like the Federalists yeah, and the Anti-Federalists? Yep, Brianna's got it. That's exactly you, what man. it was. Exactly. So the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. So we had two. So which one would be left and which one would be right? Um. I don't think that they would be left and right in today's sense, but I guess like the closest one is like the um, Federalists would be the left, I guess, because they wanted some inter- interpretation left open for a stronger centralized government. Um, exactly, you've got it exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly that's what that's what I was thinking, and I haven't thought about this. This is this is we're breaking some new ground here. But if you, I, I've never thought about the founding in terms of left and right. But if you think, remember when we had our discussion on uh, totalitarian versus anarchy? You know, we had our twelve inch ruler with with the twelve inch side being totalitarianism and the zero side being anarchy in terms of laws, where the maximum number would be total laws and the the zero end would be no laws. You know, where where would the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists fit? The Federalists, the more government you want, the further left you are on the political scale, right? So it makes sense then that the the Federalists would be to the left of the Anti-Federalists to the right. Yes. So so, So logic and reason says that we did have a left and right at our founding. She's thinking. <laughs> you can always tell yeah. Brianna's thinking. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. I'd rather you think than didn't think. It's not a problem. So now how do we get to Republicans and Democrats from Federalists and Anti-Federalists? Um, I know there's actually been, like, quite a few shifts in political parties. Like, I think maybe, like, five shifts. Yeah, see, this is an area I'm weak on. If you want to, if you want to help me out sometime, if you want to do like a uh, like a history of parties report, you know, how did we get from uh, 
the, the Democrat Republicans to the Republicans under Lincoln, to Democrats under Jefferson, sort of. Uh, we had Whigs and Tories. We had some of the British parties, you know, for a while. Um, we had different, I mean, Pianchi, maybe you could help out here too. I am not really well versed on our, on our original parties, but I know that the founders despise parties, and I think they're absolutely right. Um, I'm thinking of writing a bill to eliminate party membership uh, for anybody while they're serving in government, uh, and that would include the bureaucracies. You know, do not, you can't donate, you can't do it. If you're in government, you're in government. It's a conflict of interest to belong to a political party while you're in government serving the people. And that especially would apply to legislators and candidates running. Pianchi, do you know our early history in terms of parties? We only have a few minutes with Brianna left. Well, you always have had. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brianna. Oh, um, like whenever they were first originating, like parties, I guess, when um, like you learn about whenever they first came up and stuff. You start mm-hmm. learning about it in, like, Jefferson's office and stuff. And some people even say, like, George Washington was more of a Federalist because of, like, the ideas he held. So, like, I think people label those, like, of course, with the ideas that people had or held more closely. They automatically, like, push them to one side or the other um, just by default. Especially mm-hmm. now we start characterizing them more because we've seen everything, you know, looking back through history. Um but, like, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington at the very beginning, like, what they were doing with their cabinets is they would get people that were like-minded or that they could work with to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, this is your George Washington quote. And that, quote. like, I carried have, down uh, the line. Yeah, there's a George Washington quote I don't have in front of me, but the reason he was against parties is because greedy and avaricious men would, would use it to acquire power and do, you know, really bad stuff. I mean, that's not... Washingtonian language, but that's the basic idea. That the reason he was against parties and was because was they right would coalesce. He was. he was absolutely right. Oh, absolutely, he was absolutely right. In fact, the more I read, well, I'm going to send you. Uh, I haven't had a chance. When uh, Santa Rosa Volunteers was sponsoring the show, I, I was creating these uh, um, specials on the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, the Articles of Confederation, uh, Declaration of Independence, and one of the one of the bigger ones. I'm going to even play it, uh, depending on how much time you have, uh, because this would be really interesting. The one on the on the um, yeah, Jefferson Baptist letter. Too much. Oh, I'll send it to you. I don't yeah. have too much time left today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let Pianchi say what he was wanting to say, and then I have one okay. more thing. Okay. Pianchi, did you want to follow up on parties? Then we'll get to Brianna's comment. No, uh, she's doing very well. I'm just basically listening. Yeah, we love having you on the show, Brianna. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> this is this is fun. Uh, so you're giving us hope for a whole generation. So uh, this is why it's, it's kind of cool. All right, what's well? Hopefully, you have more time next time. It's interesting. You, you like you're on four hours one day. <laughs> we only have half an hour today, so you, you're definitely on the flexible schedule. <laughs> yeah. So, so what you want? What, what other point did you want? Um, China. Mm, so remember, remember the quarantine camps that they've made? Mm-hmm. So I haven't really done like a, a deep dive into this. I've only read like I think two, three things of this. Okay. But some of the um, things that I've read on them is that is 108 acres, which is sounds like a lot more than I thought they had. But supposedly they started making these in January of 2021. Well, and the so weird thing been, is like, China. Uh, for... 
Yeah, now here's my question for you, because China doesn't really have a, a big COVID problem. One, one of the fascinating things we learned from John Cullen, who is, uh, if you listen to it, in fact, I can send you all 18 weeks. I, I've got the links uh, separate now of our World's Greatest Doctors panel with Judy Mikovits, Brian Artis, Ben Marble, Jim Thorpe, uh, and various other Christiane Northrup, um, you know, and other celebrity folks that came in, Brandon House, uh, Gregory Wrightstone from the, the CO2 Coalition, different people that participate in the show. And one of the things that John Cullen told us, and he's the one that, that made the COVID map for John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins University, is that most countries in the world did not have much COVID, particularly China. And yet they locked down, had draconian, horrible measures of control. They still don't have much COVID. They never did. You know, because they didn't vaccinate yeah. with, with, the, with the traditional vaccines. They didn't, well, they quarantined, but they just didn't have much COVID. Go ahead. From the sun, um, that's the source, it said that there was only 157 new cases nationwide in China. 157 people. That was it. But yet they have like 20 million people that they're locking down in these mm-hmm. tiny little boxes. And, and they literally had a picture. They had a picture of the bed. It was literally a wooden bed. They weren't exaggerating on that. It was no, literally it. a wooden bed. Yeah, and um, they were, like, complaining they were extremely small and that they were all, like, raided and brought there at midnight and bust in there. You know, that doesn't that doesn't bring back any memories from history class. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, your, I love your, your sense of sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gee, the Holocaust, did that happen? Oh, yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. The gulags. You know, this is this is the cultural revolution too, as as I heard one news per- person describe it. So why, if if China has such a low COVID rate, even though it allegedly came from the the Wuhan lab, which I, I tend to doubt um, a lot. I think it came from North Carolina and Dr. Fascist. I think they created it here, finished it in China through gain of function research, and spread it from there. But I don't think it I don't think it originated there. I think it originated here. But that's just me. I also think that the vaccine, the messenger RNA jab, originated uh, ten years ago. Uh, actually, probably 12 years ago now when Moderna was created in 2010. So the vaccine, they, they, they developed their, their so-called vaccine first, their, their you know, bioweapon you know, first, and then proceeded to uh, create the, the virus to, to fit their vaccine. So they worked together to actually you know, kill a whole lot of people. We can talk about that next week, too. Have you seen the film Died Suddenly? It's disturbing. But it's, no. Um, yeah, it's, it's on Rumble. Um, and it's by uh, – yeah, go ahead, Pianchi. No, I was going to say, before you leave, we want to prepare for the commemoration of World War II, the Pearl Harbor attack. Yeah, I want you to talk about that. That's a good point. Tomorrow. Yeah. And children don't let the adults take away your liberty. And I will envision children in classrooms around the country marching because we want to celebrate Christmas. If they can march because of George Floyd, they, they want to have these other celebrations whose founders were depicable, and then they want to use the that same logic as for not having a celebration. And that is totally asinine. You have to fight for that. And when you do, you know, people like myself, and others will come to your support for force. Brianna? Yes. Do you have yeah. any, is there any student groups or, or that want to do a Christmas, you know, celebration? 
Or do you have carol singing? Or do you do a Christmas concert, for example? We used to do Christmas concerts. I honestly all the time. don't know. I don't know if, like, personally any groups around me. Um, huh. And of course, there's a lot of individuals. But I'm mm-hmm. not sure if there's any actual groups that are formed. I'm going to start one. Yeah. Yeah, call it Brianna's Christmas special. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going to have to go now. Okay. Do we have you next week, or is it too close to Christmas? Or do you know yet? Um, most likely, but I'm not sure. That's fine. That's okay. I, I expect people to not be around at, at holiday time, so that especially this one. <laughs> this is the big one. So go celebrate Christmas and get a group together and have a Brianna Christmas special. And if we can get you next week, we'll talk then. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. You take care. Bye now. All right. I've got a topic I want to do over the next little bit. I'm going to play a couple things real quickly here. But my, my, uh, my title of the show today, Fox News joins the anti-Trump Mike Pence Coronation Committee. And so I'll explain all that uh, when I come back. I have a couple things to play for you in the meantime, though. Yeah, I wish we had her longer. <laughs> I really like talking to Brianna. No, she really was with us for, for four hours once. She stayed the whole show. In fact, stayed for an hour of overtime. Everybody else had gone. <laughs> it's just us talking. It was great. Anyway, be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. 
at Action Radio. We don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. So it's another busy day on Action Radio. We've got uh, Josie Kasi at the top of the hour with the Latino Report, um, which usually includes Ukraine and who knows where else, plus a, a healthy measure of, uh, uh, well, I'll talk <laughs> when she gets here. Uh, but also we got Mario Prado who's coming back. And Mario is the producer of the movie called The Falcon. And something that uh, we're becoming more and more involved with. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect uh, two things on Action Radio. One, that we'd have a sex report, which we do on Monday, Sex and Sensuality with Dorothy Diana. And two, that I'd be involved in a Hollywood movie. I mean, this is, this, this is like dream come true time. So uh, we're able to participate because we are unique in the world, um, having a radio show and a citizen legislature. So that means we're free to say whatever we want, and I'm about to do that. <laughs> so Fox News, uh, the, the latest in the, in the treasonous anti-Trump, uh, anti-Make America God, uh, put a headline of an article that says, White House responds to Trump demanding to terminate parts of the Constitution after Twitter files release. This is pure unadulterated, bald-faced propaganda. It's a lie. It's BS. It's nonsense. And yet, most people are going to read that headline, and they're not going to read the actual article. And I'll explain what, what's going on here, but this is the clearest indication to me that uh, Fox News has declared war on Trump, which they pretty much, they're kind of neutral. I mean, they weren't really good or bad. They just, they never, uh, you know, they, they go along with the basic propaganda, but this is bad. I mean, this is direct attack, because they're, they're willful, it's, it's a complete total lie. And because they're lying, uh, there's, they have not only did they lose credibility. I mean, the only people I liked on Fox were, I think, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, um, occasionally, what's his name, Jesse, although he's got to stop that. This is my world nonsense. Uh, and Maria Bartiromo on Sundays. And those are the only people that I really respected. And Bridget when he was on. Uh, but that's it. You know, they got all these networks of all these other twiddlies doing stuff. Um, but, uh, but now, you know, um, this is bad. This article, or have you heard about this, this whole idea that, that Trump wanted to terminate parts of the Constitution? It's absolute nonsense, but it's very devious. Well, you know, Greg, uh, mm-hmm. I have gotten to the point in life where I am immune to certain buzzwords, emotional statements, statements that desire to create emotions, <clears throat> because I know that. And uh, I think one of my major jobs is to produce young people like Brianna and others mm-hmm. that can look through the hype also. It is totally ridiculous, but that's what the media choose to use. And where is the effort to stifle misinformation? And where is that that's supposed to be put on by uh, the federal authorities? Why come they're not working against these news media that puts out misinformation, misleading information all the time, seemingly? That's a good question. I mean, if I could find more students like Brianna, and if we can get Amber back, I know she's busy with college, but I'm thinking maybe of doing a Saturday show or starting, or certainly something over the Christmas break for both of them, uh, where I can get them on the on the show more, or maybe just to add an extra show. I mean, I could see doing that, uh, and I would love to have student reporters, uh, you know, maybe like Saturday student day kind of thing. So we need more folks like Brianna and Amber. Uh, to come on because that's they have to counter so much nonsense. You hear what she was talking about. Everybody says 
This is separation of church and state. Everybody says, you know, this argument she hears all the time. Well, it's not fair to celebrate Christmas because some people don't do it. Okay, fine. You know, some people uh, don't do a lot of different things. Doesn't mean I can't go. Some people don't take cruises. What? I mean, I can't take a cruise? Well, it's not fair for the people that don't go, Greg. It's nonsense. It's totally unrelated. What they do is their business. What I do is my business. If I want to celebrate Christmas, that's my business. That's my freedom under the First Amendment. And it defies individual rights to say that you can't celebrate because somebody else doesn't. Does that mean I can't own a gun because somebody else chooses not to? There's a good example. You know, rights are not dependent on other people. The whole point of rights is they're individual. They're only dependent on you, and they're dependent on government not touching them. That's what makes it a right. So there's this bogus argument that, that you, you, know, you can't exercise because somebody else doesn't is irrational, really. It defies the whole purpose of what rights are, and yet people believe it because it, it, that's why I did that emotional thing. It strikes on the emotions of, well, it's not fair if some people can't celebrate Christmas. No, it's, it's perfectly fair. They choose not to. You know, they choose not to be Christian. They choose not to celebrate Christmas. That's perfectly fine. We've got a whole Jewish population that chooses not to be Christian and chooses not to celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Hanukkah. Great. Bring that into the schools, too. I don't care. Anyway, this is pure public. Have you heard this story? Yeah. Well, thank you. Have you heard the story, though? And this is, this is circulating. And again, this is a case, and I put this yes, on I've Facebook on my page. Yeah. You have or have not? I have, yes. Okay. So this is what's so insidious about this. They, they give a bogus headline, and they don't back it up. And somewhere down, about two-thirds of the way down, they actually explain what, what Trump said. So here's what they say. White House responds. The White House, that's Brandon. That's the illegal, insurrection, treasonous you know, group that is now currently illegally occupying the White House. And what do they call them? The White House. That's not the White House. <laughs> the, I mean, the, what, who's there is not our administration. That is not a legal government. So the first mistake they make is not characterizing the illegal coup occupying the White House properly. So there's, there's their first propaganda. The next one responds to Trump demanding to terminate parts of the Constitution. Trump never demanded anything of the sort. In fact, he demanded just the opposite, that the Constitution be followed, that the, the rules of the state legislatures controlling the elections be followed. But they don't say that here. And if you just read the headline, like most people do, you know, I, I've done a study of Facebook. I get the most reaction to my clever memes. That's why I do a lot of them. Because that gets, that gets a reaction. People don't actually read the articles based on those clever memes. They read the clever meme. Or they'll just read the headlines. And they'll like or dislike. Or they'll take a look at a bill that I've written. Or you've written, Pianchi. They'll read, they'll read the title of the bill. And they'll like or dislike. And I said, well, did you read the bill? Well, uh, no. And, you know, well, then, then how do you know? <laughs> you know? Or people that are against it. They're against the headline. They're against the title. Well, as we know from bill titles, most bill titles don't have anything to do with the, uh, the subject. Ours actually do. You know, when I say Section 230 eliminating big tech censorship, it actually eliminates big tech censorship. Our bill on, that puts vaccine product liability on big pharma actually puts vaccine product liability on big pharma. Anyway, let me do this, too, because I'm going to get Josie in a little bit here. So here's what they, they, they go on to say, uh, President Biden's White House. Well, it's not President Biden's White House. That's propaganda. It says former President Donald Trump deserves to be universally condemned for arguing that parts of the U.S. Constitution should be terminated last week. Did he say that? Well, let's scroll down. Da, 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 da. What did Trump actually say? And way down, way, 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 way down, we get, it says, the White House struck back at Trump soon after he made the statement, pointing to the Constitution's history as the pillar of American politics. What, uh, what Trump actually said, the American Constitution is a sacrosanct document that for over 200 years has guaranteed that freedom and the rule of law prevail in our great country. The Constitution brings the American people together, regardless of party, and elected leaders swear to uphold it. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's, that's, not, that's not Trump. Uh, I stand corrected. 
I should read these things more carefully. That's Andrew Bates. What Trump said, let me just scroll down even further. Da, 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 da. So then it says Trump's criticism of the Constitution is only the latest move to land him in hot water with not only Democrats, but members of his own party. And then it gets to, this is why I say the coronation of Mike Pence. Former President Mike Pence called on Trump to apologize for the, oh, this is the, the, the dinner where he was stuck with uh, Nick Fuentes. That was the setup, too. So where's the Trump quote? Hang on, let me find it. I think, uh, I know it's here because then I read it before. They, they probably buried it in here somewhere. Where did Trump actually say? Did they, did they take it out of the article? Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny if they actually took Trump's, uh, what he actually said out of it. I can't. Oh, hang on, um, Pianki. What do you think so far? I need. I need. A, I need a second of vamping here. Oh, here it is. I found it. I think Mike Pence is uh, is acting out in a selfish move because really, if he had done what he was supposed to do, much of what you call today January sixth probably wouldn't exist. Well, he's the one that put uh, Brandon in the White House by disallowing the, the Trump electors. Constitution, by the way. Yeah, he's he's a traitor. He's a complete traitor, by, and, and he's the, but he did that so that he could be the Republican nominee of the deep state. So you watch. Mike Pence is going to start to make moves, and I think that the, the Democrats moved the Iowa caucus. They're not going to Iowa anymore. They want to go to South Carolina because they want it over with right away. Iowa's not going to be happy, which means Republicans have a great chance to, to exploit Iowa by being the only party there. Let's see if they're smart enough to do that. So here's what Trump actually said. He said, so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, that's the Democrat National Committee, and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential elections of 2020 out and declare the, wait a minute, what am I, oh, I'm sorry. I I apologize, folks. So then it says what Trump posts, oh, I guess he did post that. Do you throw the presidential results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? So that's what he actually asked. So, so let me do this again. So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception and working closely with the big tech companies, DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential elections of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, which would be Trump, or do you have a new election, which would be Trump? <laughs> okay. So either way, Trump would win because in a free and fair election, there's no way that Brandon could be Trump. It's impossible. He's never been that popular. His support is, is nothing. Uh, and he's just propped up there be, you know, by, by a deep state. So that's what he asked. So here's the question he asked. You know, should we, should we uh, just you know, disqualify the election for fraud and uh, declare Trump the winner? Or should we have a new election, in which case Trump's going to win? So either way, Trump wins. Now, here's the key of the sentence. I finally found it. I'm sorry. I apologize. I should, you know, maybe I could have marked it or put it on my – I think I had it on yesterday's uh, show notes, but not on today's. It says, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles – even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. So here's what, here's what they did. They took a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows. The fraud allows. Not Trump wants to terminate the Constitution. The fraud terminated the Constitution. So this is the study in propaganda. And if you don't read carefully, as I missed it when I went over this, you know, here a little bit, uh, you, you can very easily miss this one sentence and that one word allows. The word allows changes everything. So he says the fraud allows for the termination of rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Not Trump wants to, you know, terminate rules, regulations, and articles found in the Constitution. No, the fraud, the election fraud did that. And yet they never say that. They twist it into Trump, you know, the, the headline, Trump demanding to terminate parts of the Constitution. No, what Trump said was that the fraud election 
terminated parts of the Constitution. That's the big lie for this article. And that's the thing I wanted to point out. And then, of course, as Mike Pence, you know, saying he should do something about that, that, that fraud meal. I want to talk about that in a minute, too. But um, despite all my, my unclarity or, or here, you know, mixed stuff in the beginning, does that make sense to people? Pianchi, does that make sense? That one sentence, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude, allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. That's what Trump said. The fraud allows for the termination, not him. Couldn't be more clear, even though I missed it yeah, at first. Yeah, it's what we call the angel within the details. <laughs> oh, you don't say the devil within the details? Yeah, but it's the angel. That's actually a really good point. I never heard it put that way. I like that. The angel within the details. Makes sense to me. Anyway, that was my whole show. That was what I want to talk about. I'm done. <laughs> but we got, uh, we got a bunch of, uh, I've got a ton of other stories. Anything on your mind before I uh, launch into something else? No, except when <clears throat> I may give uh, people a, uh, a tidbit. When you're speaking to customer service and the person that you're speaking in, speaking to, you can't understand them for various reasons, deep accents, so on and so on. It's proper for you to ask them to put a United States citizen on the line. Hmm. Oh, when you're calling the Philippines? When you're calling the Philippines, for example? Well, I couldn't see the palm trees, but I, I couldn't understand what was being said. And well, that's they call didn't centers. clearly until I requested that. I thought I had a whole new person online. <laughs> well, I recently canceled a, a service, and one of the things that they did was they sent me to the Philippines, to the Philippine call center. Now that people spoke English, I didn't have a problem with it, but it's just, it, in a way, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why, you know, what happened to Americans? Why are we going to Philippine call centers when we could, be, uh, we could have Americans doing it? That was my question. Yeah, you got a big enough population in your prisons, but you got those that's going around the country in different states. Won't eliminate the terminology about except in a commission of a crime. So what's wrong with these people working? They have they should work and contribute to their confinement that uh, taxpayers have to pay. Well, you don't want prison labor. You know who objects to prison labor the most? Labor unions, because it's competition. They don't want prisoners working for substandard wages, which, of course, you should pay because they're prisoners, right? But uh, the labor unions don't want uh, prisoners taking jobs that labor workers could do. And I think they have a point. You know, what prisoners well, should be doing So you have to farming. join a labor union, a man, a telephone? Mm-hmm. There's a phone workers union. There's probably the, the United Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, I would guess, for the phone people. Or it could be Teamsters. Teams just have branched well, out. What from, they should uh, do you know, is give them a non-strike. Wagons. Yeah, they should give them a membership with non-strike abilities. Because uh, private unions always going to help. Yeah, you can't you can't stop a, a private union from striking. You can stop a government union from existing. You can do that, but you can't stop a private union. Private unless you change the law. Private unions have the right to strike, and, and I think they should. Otherwise, you know, labor has no. Um, no equal power to management of being fired or closing down the company or locking out the workers. The workers have to have, in order to, e- to equalize the bargaining power of management with the bargaining power of labor, you know, you have to have the ability to strike and not lose your job and not be replaced. That's what, that's what it's all about. With the, hmm? What is Brandon doing with the railroad strike? Well, funny you should say that. I happen to have an article from the New York Post. <laughs> I just got to find it. 
in my, my great stack of things down here. Uh, he signed, as far as I know, he signed the bill, which of course he can't do because he's not president. He signed the bill, and then, uh, but they left out the, the sick leave and things like that. So I don't know how that would work because a lot of those, the Amtrak is a government corporation. So government, so Amtrak workers can't strike. It's like it's like the remember yeah, Paco, the, 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 uh, the air traffic controllers. That's not how the news reported though. Well, the uh, news reported. Not. Guess Amtrak to go on strike. We won't be able to get our baby formula. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That's combining several stories. You know, and of course the first thing to do with that is is what we did. You publish uh, homemade baby formula. That's the answer to that. That was easy. Has anybody else yeah, ever done that? Yeah, they want to declare that as being poisonous. Oh yeah, right. What what Cairo syrup and uh, and milk and uh, olive oil, whatever else we threw in it. I forgot what it was. Vitamins, some different stuff in there. Yeah. Oh, that's real poison. Oh yeah, right. That's what people put on their cereal, <laughs> milk and syrup and whatever else. You know. So it's a uh, yeah. That's kind of crazy, honey. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, real poison. Mm-hmm, sure. But uh, did you ever see that in a, on any other news show? Did anybody else, as soon as there was a baby formula shortage, and you're the one that told me. The one said your grandmother used to make baby formula. Well, let's look it up. I, what, I found a baby formula in about, what, 12 seconds? Put it right on our yeah, Action Radio I'm, group page? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've lived quite a, a while, and I grew up on it. Yeah. Baby formula and titty milk. Yeah, and you're still alive. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it worked out well. Yeah. Well, let me um, let me go to a different article here. Sort of relates to the, the, the propaganda fraud. Here's the other side of the spectrum. Uh, Lindell TV. Uh, I've been privileged to be on Lindell TV with Emerald Robinson. And so uh, I'm hoping to get on again to talk more about bills and things, but uh, at least I got there once. So I'm trying to work with those folks and I want to, uh, I'd like, I want to get Peter Navarro back on the show. Now, I don't know if you heard the news, but David Stockman's coming on Thursday. David Stockman was Ronald Reagan's budget director. He was like 20 at the time, really young guy. He's a little older now, but uh, his big thing is inflation. And of course, we've talked about that, too. So what I want to do is propose to him our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. I don't think he's ever heard anything like that before in terms of a real bill, just as an idea. And I'm really curious to see what he thinks about it. And would he be interested in advocating that you know, as a, as a public position uh, as a way to permanently remove inflation? I'd be curious. That's what I'm going to ask him Thursday. Well... I hope that one uh, session with Brianna, <clears throat> you make mention to her that states have the right to nullify laws, just like juries do. Mm-hmm. You can you can tell her. You can ask her. She's she's good at thinking on her feet. You know, so feel free. Well, I think I'm just with the interaction between her just uh, encompass you yourself. I don't want to put too many angles coming in at her, but she does a very good job. She's a very good job. Oh, listen, I, do, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't hold back my questions with her. I treat her like anybody else. I treat her as an adult, uh, and uh, she's doing just fine. You know, so I have, I have no problems, and that's, that's part of the thing. I don't want, you know, if, if you're not up to the challenge of being on the show, I don't want to have to drop any of the standards. And that goes for any guest. That's not just the, our younger folks. But I don't want to be in a position where I have to hold back my questions, you know, for whatever political reason or the, the, the guests don't you know, think quickly or things. If you, if you don't think quickly, if you don't have a position, if you don't have a, a good handle on your views, don't come on the show, you know, because it's, it's going to affect you adversely. <laughs> it just is. I don't hold back. And what I really love about Amber and, and Brianna is I don't have to hold back with them, even though they're younger people. Yeah. yeah, they do just fine. 
but the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it should be there should be some emphasis on the conversation about the powers that the states have and the legislature, the power that the legislature itself has, and basically a governor is no more than a spokesperson for the legislative body. Mm, I think more than that. I think especially when it comes to exec- executing the laws. See, I see governors and presidents as being able to go back to Congress and their state legislatures and say, well, here's the law you passed. Uh, we're trying to implement it. It's not working. We need some revisions. We need some corrections. We need this. We need that. We need more money. We need whatever it is that we need. If, you, if we're going to make this law work that you passed, this is what we need to make it work. So in that respect, I think governors play a vital role with the legislatures and the president with the legislature. With the well, yes. yes, that type of role that you just got through describing is uh-huh. absolutely correct. They're a communicable arm of the legislature. But right. the power of the state actually lies with the legislature, which gains its position from the people themselves. Everything filters back down to the people. And that's why it comes so important that you have an educated populace, a literate populace, so that they can read and understand the Mm -hmm. terminology of what uh, is going to govern them. And if they choose not to be governed, they need to know that they have that power to say no. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And we need to do a lot of education there. I think who'd be good on that is Wendy Rogers, if I can get her back at some point uh, when things calm down a little bit. I think Arizona has a shorter legislation session, so maybe between sessions uh, we can do that. And so we'll take a look. All right. I've got something here that I think you're going to find interesting, too. I'm just doing a quick message. <laughs> I just said, sometimes I have to send messages during the show. Um, all right. So this is uh, – so again, back to what I was talking about before. Emma Robinson, my, you know, one of my favorite reporters, uh, she's on uh, Lindell TV. So you can get it online. You can get it uh, as part of Frank's speech. Uh, anyway, she's got an article. 71% of Americans say our elections are rigged. And the reason I, I wanted to do this is because you were saying if enough people believe it, there might, there's, there's probably something there, right? 71% is huge. You can't, get, you can't get 51% of Congress to agree on things. You know, but 71% of Americans, that's almost three quarters. That's very close to three quarters of the country. That means there's a lot of Democrats involved in that fraud, too. So you've got Republicans, independents, libertarians, Greens, Democrats in that 71% saying Americans of Americans saying our elections are rigged. And then her subheading is, congrats to America's national security state for destroying the credibility of our republic. <laughs> so, so what I like about Emerald, she doesn't hold back. And she's, this is her article. This is from uh, yesterday. She says, congratulations to the Biden regime and to America's national security state, which installed Joe Biden in the White House for convincing 71% of Americans that our elections are rigged. Well done, everybody. It only took six years for the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and the DHS to subvert our constitutional republic so publicly that the vast majority of Americans now believe that we live in a techno-fascist oligarchy with a permanent bureaucracy of left-wing activists in charge of the federal government. That's a great statement. <laughs> I'll text you after the show. <laughs> nice going, Emerald. <clears throat> she says, that's a titanic shift in public opinion without parallel in the history of our nation. That's what happens when you install FBI agents as election directors in Arizona and then shut down voting machines only in red precincts of Maricopa County on election day. This is what I've been saying for, for a month, but a month before the, uh, the November elections, vote early. I mean, I listened to Dick Morris. I, I, I listened to what he said. I changed my mind on that. And I believe that early voting for Republicans is just as critical because Democrats early vote. They bank their votes early so that on Election Day, the only people that get screwed up are Republicans. So Republicans, vote early. 
not by mail, not by Dropbox. Go to your election office and vote there so there's no transmission of data. Anyway, she says subtle is not a word that will ever absolutely. be associated with these knuckleheads. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pianchi. Yeah, you had a comment? Vote no, you're absolutely right. And, and you know what I would hope? Mm-hmm. There's something going on there. And this is one of those cases that too many people are talking about for it not to be. I have some validity to it. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that someone on the ground that's involved with the intraday operations of the, the ballots in Arizona will come forth and say, this is what we're doing. That's not right. That's illegal. Some citizen who's protected, by the way, should come forth and reveal what it is that investigations are trying to find. Well, Gateway Pundit's your best source in Arizona. Jim Hoft is there, 100% fed up. Patrick McMurray reports on this. Uh, Trump's lawyer, uh, what's her name? Um, sure, I can I think of her. Uh, she, she was on, she um, used to be on One American News. Uh, Christina something, Christina Bob. She's on. Uh, and all these folks are reporting on this. So, and Amber Robinson and, of course, Mike Lindell reports on this. And uh, uh, Steve Bannon, who does The War Room. Uh, you know, I, I catch it after my show. He's 9 to 11, and I'm 7 to 10, so we have a little crossover there. Um, but uh, a lot of folks are reporting this fraud. I did not know it was 71%. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's it's, it's, huge. They started doing an investigation, which is quite obvious. But, yeah. you know, here's another point, too, uh-huh. and I keep saying it, is that the Constitution allows for a separate federal ballot. Congressperson, U.S. Senator, Vice President, and President, which is one uh, one mark on the ballot. They allow for that. So you're going to have your hogs and your incidents with your, what's the, what's the lady's name? Uh, uh, Carrie. Oh, Carrie Lake. You're going to have those incidents. Carrie Lake. You're going to have Carrie those Lake's not incidents. going away. Yeah, well, it's interesting that... Uh, that and I don't blame this- I wouldn't go away either. But no. the thing is, is that there needs to be a separation of those ballots. Mm-hmm. And then, then they can't do it. They can't. I mean, let them no, play still, around yeah. with their interstate issues, whether it's at a state level or at a local level. Let them play around with that. Let them let illegals vote and so on. But the federal ballot is which everybody wants to uh, gravitate to, aspire to be a federal candidate. Let's make sure that those have the integrity and transparency that all Americans deserve. Yeah, but I could disagree. The illegals can't vote. Illegals can't even be here. How can they vote? <laughs> so the idea is, should illegal aliens vote? Well, that's, well, that's an irrational issue. question because they can't be here. If they can't that's, be here, they obviously can't vote here. Issue. No, it's not. And you're absolutely right. you got some states that don't, uh, don't allow that, but you you got some states that's continuing to talk about that. It's not a state issue. It's, it's, a, it's a national issue, actually. Illegal aliens can't be here. So if they can't be here, there's no, the, asking whether they can vote or not is stupid. It's moot. It's already decided. They can't be here. Anyway, let's get to Josie. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. Now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. 
With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border. From personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossie. Hey, morning, Josie. What do you think Good so morning. Far? Dobre utra. Dobre utra. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Guten tag. <laughs> we need to learn other ones. <laughs> Buongiorno. Buongiorno, yes. Hence I, I, I was listening to you guys talking a little bit there, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's yes. up? What's up? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> good morning. That, Buenos dias, Yankee. What's up? ¿Qué pasó? What's up? What's up? The sky is foggy. Konnichiwa. Over Milton. Konnichiwa, mm-hmm. Josie-san. Yeah, it's foggy out there. Yes. I love fog. Very, very foggy yep. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I heard you guys talking about the elections. So it's a mm-hmm. mess. Uh, in mm-hmm. Brazil, they got all the military. They're gathering all the military. They're getting ready. It's bad. <laughs> so what? So what exactly are they planning to do? Are they going to physically remove uh, Lulu, Lulu, whatever his name is, from office? Lula. That would be a real. Lula. That would be a Lula. Okay. So yeah. What are they planning to do? Have you got any idea? I I believe the military is going to step in and uh, because there's a uh, there's a lot of people on his side, of course, you know, because they're mm-hmm. getting paid for. Uh, like the criminals here, Black Lives Matter. Oh, you talking about Lula? And all the people on Lula's street. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, how much of the military so is they, for Bolsonaro, and and how much is for Lula, and and are the Lula people, like you say, paid for, for their allegiance? Uh, Got any I idea? think uh, the military is with the real president. Like, eventually, it's going to happen here too. They're going to have to step in. They're allowing well, I was going to ask you about that. To be sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so let me ask you about, let's, let's talk about a military coup. So if you have a military coup, the military literally comes in. This is how it traditionally works, right? So the military comes in, physically removes the offending, you know, illegal government, you know, from, from the president, mm-hmm. el presidente, you know, on down. Presidente. And they are physically removed uh-huh. and either jailed or shot. That's usually how it works out, right? Now, I don't wish that, I don't wish Lula to be shot, but I do want him jailed. Uh, because I do believe it's a fraudulent election down there, and that is a that is a federal Brazilian crime. So whatever they, whatever their punishment is on the books, then that's what he should get. But I don't want the military taking over and then and then running the country. They have to put Bolsonaro in. And sometimes that second part doesn't quite work. The military says, "Well, now that we're here, we better just run things for a while." So there's a huge well, danger the in having the military do this. Well, the military's not going to take over. They're just going to step in uh, mm-hmm. because see, there's a deep state in a lot of these countries now. Like, well, it's been in a lot of these countries, but we didn't know how bad it was here in America. Mm-hmm. So the deep states everywhere, in China, Russia, Colombia, Chile, Peru, and Peru, things are bad right now. Um, really? Brazil. So so what happens is the military is going to step in, strain out things, and they'll step out. It's not that the military is going to run the country forever. No, it's not going to happen like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we truly believe that Donald Trump was working with uh, the president from uh, Brazil to show the world. And once that happens there, it's going to happen here. If they're waiting for the election to completely be stolen here to go ahead and proceed with what they're going to do. <clears throat> and it's coming. I need, I need to make you a, a conspiracy report theme <laughs> because yeah, I don't, be- I don't okay. believe this. And we've talked about – well, actually, it's one of my favorite on, you know, ongoing <laughs> debates uh, with you on this topic. Because, first of all, I don't want the military 
taking over here. Uh, we don't need the military taking over here. We have a Justice Department. We have uh, a Supreme Court. If yeah, they ever the do Justice the right Department thing. is so corrupt. So well, no, corrupt, no, this, no, this, wait, wait a minute, this Justice anything? Department, hold on, hold on, hold on. This Justice Department, yes, is completely corrupt because they're part of a corrupt administration. This, this Justice Department would exactly. have to go. But we still have a Congress. We still have a Supreme Court. Uh, we have legal means to remove the illegal government. We have U.S. Marshals. No, we don't. You know, we've got the Secret Service. We've got all kinds of folks, all right, uh, that can, no. uh, you know. Now, the question is, <laughs> because they're in charge, now it's going to get messy, you know. But the thing is, you have to, they, the, the Republicans or somebody needs to take power properly. They need to cheat better than Democrats. And the, the geldings are incapable of doing that. But I don't, want, I don't want to replace one dictatorship with another. You know, so if the, if the military no, right. takes over, not, wait a minute. So if the military, wait, hold like on. That. But if the military takes over, who's going to be in charge? Is it Mark Milley or, or General Flynn? I mean, who's going to lead the military to General remove the Flynn. Brandon administration? General Flynn? And his brother, yes. Okay. So if oh, General yeah. Flynn does that, does Gen- can General Flynn call up? How many troops can General Flynn call up? I don't know, but they're well organizing the whole thing uh, right now okay. uh, with his brother. Uh, who's we his believe, brother? Uh, Gosh, I forgot his name. Um, I'm curious uh, now. Yeah, he okay. runs, he's in Afghanistan area in uh, the Middle East. His brother uh, takes care of that military. We, we, we've already surrendered there. What, what's going on in Afghanistan? <laughs> it's not a place I'd be. Well, he's in the Middle East. I forgot which area right now, to be honest with you, but I can let you know later. Well, that's um, okay. But, but if you look at this practically, in, in a practical sense, you know, you've got so – so you've got to figure the Brandon insurrection through Obama. Obama and Hillary Clinton, who are ruthless, who don't care how many people they kill, and Dr. Fascist, obviously, who doesn't care, care how many people he kills. He kills millions around the world. Mm-hmm. Right? So you've got people that don't care how many people they kill. All right? There's going to be a certain amount of military who are loyal to the, quote, commander-in-chief, even though he's not. So how much of the military is going to support getting rid of the Brandon insurrection, and how much of our military is going to support them and fight the other military? You might have an intermilitary war. Uh- there's a lot of there's a lot of corruption in the military, but there's some areas uh, all in the military, the top secret that they're working with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is our military is not going to be a dictatorship. Our military is not going to rule in the country. They're going to step in because this corruption is so deep, and no one can really help at this time because the Supreme Court is corrupt. A mm-hmm. lot of the judges are corrupt. A lot of our senators, which a lot of people are going to be in shock how many Republicans will be arrested, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I believe that. So well, well, give me some options. Give me another option. So deep. Okay. Give me another the option corrupt, besides wait, military. The, how, how, can we, how can we remove the Brandon insurrection without a military? We can't. The military. We can't. Yes, you can. We sure can. you can. Yes, no, you can. we can't. No. Yeah, I'll tell you how. Okay. I'll give you one, I'll give you one way right now. Uh, the House of Representatives refuses how? to spend any money until Brandon leaves the White House. They stop the government. Because all revenue bills start in the House. The House under the Republicans mm-hmm. could cease to function and say, we are not going to pass any legislation, no spending. The government's going to come to a grinding halt until Brandon leaves. They could do that. And that would be a non-military solution. And I would favor that well, far beyond a, a military takeover. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you considered that as an option? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, Greg, but uh, we know we know different. 
Um, well, you, you, you say you know different, but I'm not convinced you do. Okay. Let me give you another option. This okay, is the Pianchi's in a favor. It's all right. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me give you another option. I want you to think about this one. The states could withhold all their tax money. So we're not going to send any money to the government until Brandon leaves the White House. The states could withhold all their tax, or at least a lot of states. Well, of course, California. But Brandon you know, is not the problem at the moment. <clears throat> Brandon is not a problem at all. It's Obama but he's in the White House. Right, but Obama's not in think the so, White House. I don't House. think nobody's at the White House, to be honest with you. Oh, no, but I, oh, I think, think people so. are there. Because, you know, I think they were there. But no. that's not the point. The it's point empty. is that the states could do this without <laughs> the military. They could withhold. Uh, enough states could withhold their, their tax revenue and say, no, we're not. Florida's particular. DeSantis can say, I'm not going to send any money to Washington until Brandon leaves. He's a fraud. We know he's a fraud. It's been proven over and over again. Brandon's a fraud. Okay, Florida I, could do it. Texas could do it. Wyoming, you know, who else would do it? Um, some of the, the, the Carolinas, you know, the southern states would do it. A lot of the Midwestern states would do it. Missouri. Yeah, do you think Missouri would withhold uh, all federal tax receipts until Brandon leaves? I think they great possibility that they would, looking at the leadership there. Okay. And you, but the Geldings haven't proposed this. They're not even calling for it. We are. You know, why don't the Geldings propose that? See, this is why the Geldings aren't a real party. They're the controlled opposition, as Claire Lopez used to say. Now, I don't have faith that the Republicans in the House will actually do that. They should. They should have walked out as soon as the, uh, the gulag prisoners were put in, in the D.C. jail. They should have said, we are not going to let this government function. All the Republicans should have left Congress and, say, and gone to the D.C. jail and said, we're not going to go back into Congress until these people are out. That's what they should have done. But they didn't. They should, President Trump should have had a daily or a weekly press conference. You know, saying, Here the, here's the election fraud. He, could, he should have been presenting election fraud every week. You know, since uh, since January 6th, the, the Republicans should be holding their own January 6th committee presenting the truth, not the Democrat infomercial of fraud. So you, you get you kind of get stuck on one option and think that this is the only way. And it's not the only way. In fact, I, I don't I don't approve of that way at all. I don't want the military to do this. Well, well, if, if there is other ways, it would have been ha- happening already, Greg. Not but necessarily. The problem is uh-huh. the problem is this corruption is so deep it's global corruption mm-hmm. actually so they're trying mm-hmm. to fix all of it globally and it's not easy it's not easy but it's coming it's coming and we're just praying and hoping and being patient about it uh this yeah i'm praying too but i'm also taking country. action i i think prayer plus action equals results yeah you can <laughs> take action but uh mm-hmm. But but if if you're working with the FBI, CIA, and all, they're so corrupt. We're gonna get rid mm-hmm. of all of them. Mm-hmm. They're not well, we've be already around. taken action. Oh no! But look at the things I've already proposed: nonviolent ways that. to get Brandon yeah. out of office. Every one of those would work. Now so it requires cooperation. And what if the mm-hmm. state? Uh, so what if what if some well, of the see, state that's, supreme courts? That's where you mm-hmm. like it. Go ahead, Pia. There is no cooperation. I think we put we put too much expectation out of elected. Officials starting at the local and state level. The day before they won the election, they were just as dumb as dumb can be. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They're there by popularity or some agendatized movement by mm-hmm. some group that got behind them. And once they are in that position, well, that's where they get their marching orders from. Not the people. It goes back to the old cliche: vote for who you want. I would just bite them out from under your feet. But, but you know, uh, Bianchi, this is the old day tradition, going to vote. You think your vote is going to be count and all that, but it hasn't been like that for years. 
these people have been a fraud for many, many years, and we did not know. And the corruption is so deep that they have so much stuff on some of the Supreme Judges. Many of them are involved in bad things, and, and they got them, and, and they cannot help. So if, if the corruption is at the level of the Supreme Court, how can, how can the police uh, uh, help you locally? You know, it, it's horrible. I'm going to give you an example. I was at the court in Orlando on Friday. One of our state nationals, which he's new being a state national, by the way, um, he was at, at court. He was one of the ones arrested on January the 6th. Okay, I'll tell you his story. And uh, they called us all state nationals to come and represent, uh, to just support him. And this young man, he don't have much uh, knowledge about representing himself because you have to know how to use each word. You have to know how to exactly represent yourself. And he was kind of like clueless, poor guy. I felt bad. So we were at the courthouse in uh, Orlando Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, the judge was the being really patient she was very patient with this gentleman and uh what happened is he was arrested because he had signed he's saying he loved donald trump and all that in the streets in dc like i was in dc too with my flag loving my president okay we didn't do nothing wrong besides freedom of speech and uh, they arrested this guy and they put him in solitary consignment for two weeks uh, he was messed up from that a little bit, being in, in a room alone in the dark. And they released him, and they gave him two different times for him to come back to D.C. to appeal his case, which his case is nothing. He was, he didn't do nothing wrong, and, and he says, no, I'm going to represent myself, and I'm not going. So bottom line is he refused to go twice to Washington, D.C. So we got the hearing on Friday. And he still continues telling the judge that he's going to represent himself. And he was clueless. And we're like, oh, my God, we're praying that he will get help. And the judge told him, I think you need help. I don't think you know how to represent yourself. And they gave us 30-minute recession and came back, and I'm praying and hoping, and his wife is there crying. And uh, by the time we came back 30 minutes later, the idiot decided that he needed no help. And you know what? He's going back to D.C. that he's going to regret for the rest of his life because he's going to be tortured. He's going to be poisoned. He's going to be given food with maggots, and that's exactly what they're doing in D.C. to our real American U.S. citizens. And uh, this is it's, my heart has been really sad the last few days since we got back from Orlando on Friday. But this is what's happening to our real American citizens. These people are criminal. And one of the FBI was there uh, from January the 6th. He says, you're going back to D.C. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, God, it was sad. It was sad to see this, Greg. So, anyway, no, I, that's listen, the story. I, uh, I'm with you, but uh, I, I think uh, my problem is, and I feel sorry for this person, but uh, uh, because people, they get all self-righteous and they don't know the facts. So the reason you have a lawyer is not because you don't know your rights or, or you can't defend yourself. You have a lawyer because lawyers know the tricks of the courts. They know the tricks of the other attorney. They know the tricks of the government. Well, they know the tricks of the judges. Years, so, yeah. 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 So that's why you have a lawyer. That's be, because you, you, procedure yeah. is everything when it comes to courts. Now, my problem is, 
this yeah. whole idea of state nationals because I think that is a distraction. I think that's a creation of, of the, uh, the government itself that, that strikes me as agent provocateurs of distracting people thinking that, they're, they're, that they need to do some qualification to become you know, U.S. Uh, sovereign citizens when just being born here legally, you know, you're a U.S. sovereign citizen or naturalized like you and I are. We are U.S. sovereign citizens. You don't need some authority. You don't need to do distance yourself from the U.N. The U.N. has no authority over us. You know, and this whole idea that you're not a federal, that you're not a citizen of the United States. I mean, the 14th Amendment declared Under pretty clearly. Yeah, but we're not a corporation. See, that's mm-hmm. the myth. That's the problem. So yes, you're, you're focusing are. on a distraction. No, it's not. And, and mm-hmm. let me finish this, mm-hmm. then, and then I'll let you, I'll let you argue, argue for sure. it. But we're, we're not a corporation. There's nothing in our founding documents that makes us a corporation. There is no, there is no board. There is no CEO. There is no, there is no annual report. There's nothing. A corporation is formed to limit liability. So you're saying the United States has limited liability? The United States is a sovereign nation. It's not a corporation. There's a complete difference. Corporations are also chartered by governments. So which government chartered the U.S. corporation? You can't do it. You can't charter a whole company as a corporation. That's, that's, that's absurd. So none of this makes any sense to me. I think it's a tremendous waste of time. And if I were the government, if I were a, a psychological operations or a psyops officer, I would introduce this concept. I would distract uh, patriots and, and, and loyal Americans and all the folks that are, that are involved with this. And I would do this as a complete and utter distraction because once you get to court, you're going to get laughed out of court. This has no validity whatsoever. It is a dangerous distraction. And it's really, as far as I'm concerned, a total waste of time. And I disagree with it. I think, and, this is, and these are the reasons. You know, this is exactly what the government would do to make you look absurd, I think. Your turn. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that is it's so okay. condescending because, when you say that. Because, it, oh, it's okay, Greg. Why don't you pat me on my head and say, it's okay, it's Greg. Okay, you can believe okay what you want. Opinion. No. It's okay that you have your opinion and I got mine. That's when I say, okay, okay let's it's hear it. okay. So defend it. You defend have your states. opinion. Yeah, defend sovereign citizens, uh, but don't tell so, me what I say is okay. I mean, that's just condescending. So tell me the truth. No, Why I'm are you saying calling it? It's okay that you can say all the stuff that you don't believe it, and, and not, it's okay. It's okay with me, you know, Okay. because well, we, we're in a freedom of speech country. You know, you can say whatever you want to say, and I can say whatever uh-huh. I want to say. So uh, why do you believe we're a corporation? Lie- why, uh, why do you believe you have to declare your sovereign citizenship status when you already have it? This, I don't understand this. Yeah, and I did get my U.S. citizenship, and and I just uh, uh, renounced my U.S. citizenship, and I traded in for a state national because uh, this corrupt government, and this is worldwide, not just in the United States, Greg. Uh, they Wait a minute. They have stolen. Did you, we might we might need to talk about this off the air. I, I would take back. <laughs> did you actually say you renounced your U.S. citizenship? Tell me you didn't do that. Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know you can yeah. be deported. You can be deported for doing that. No. No, I'm not. Nope. Okay. Nope. Do you have a green card? We are, got you now, are you now a permanent yeah, resident? So where's your carefully. citizenship? Where's your citizenship? It's, it's, it's right. I'm a human of the world. I'm a, I'm a citizen of the world. And I'm, I'm a citizen of, I'm a Floridian now. So, yeah. So let me tell you, this government is so corrupt. Uh, they don't want you to know the truth. And it's been going on for many, 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 many years. Many years. Started with Lincoln. Yeah. So I have to. So you, you know can't what? vote in. You, uh, vote? you can't vote in federal elections anymore. No, we're not, you're not a citizen. No. We're not allowed. No. And this is a we're good thing. Voting. How? See, this is now. I know it's a government operation. Now I know it's a deep state, deep state operation because they've just gotten you to renounce your citizenship. Do you know how dangerous no. that is? Yeah. No, it's not dangerous. Pianki, help me out here. 
No. Let's get let's get Josie back. To, I need you to unrenounce you your citizenship. I need you to claim it again. So yeah. Mm. But how do you want to get involved in that at the moment? Uh, because uh, mm. you will see. Uh, no, I, I see now. I see what's happened. I see exactly what's happened. I think it's dangerous what that what she just done. I think you need to reverse that. It's not. Do you think? Do you think Anne and many? Uh, actually, there's so many people getting on board. Like it's crazy. See, they're they were born here. Up. They can't. Do they, they have they underage kids? Anyone that wants to, uh, the whole family can be a state national. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's well, just like if, if you it's got just kids, like, if you got. If you got kids that yeah. were born in the United States that's underage, <clears throat> you can renounce yours, but you can't renounce theirs. But you can make so them when they, deport, when they deport the parents, the kids old. stay here and be under foster care. Wait a minute. And you can you can grab a 12-year-old kid and mutilate his private part and nothing. That's a different you know, issue. And don't worry about that's that's, 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 that's an illegal crime. But what I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is this. And I know somebody who who done that. <clears throat> they tried to leave the country with their kids, and they weren't allowed to take the kids because the kids was underage, so to a point where they exactly. could not make that decision themselves. Yeah, but it's it, it's a lot to explain, and maybe one day we'll have a, a few people explain the whole thing because it's very difficult. Uh, for you to understand in uh, 15, 20 minutes exactly. No, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We, we, we explain complex issues all the time. We take very complex issues of law, of Supreme Court cases. We explain them very clearly. There's nothing that can't be explained here. Mm-hmm. It's been corrupt for so many years. We're 150 years. Yeah, I know you, you, you're saying that. Uh, no, see, here's the problem, though. If they get millions of people to renounce the U.S. citizenship and they're bringing illegal aliens to vote in your place, <laughs> great. They've won. This is a huge plot. Don't no. you see how dangerous this is? Now, if, no, it, if Ann Vandersteel wants to come back and talk about it, I know she's a big state sovereign citizen person. Yes, I think she's completely wrong. So, where's, she get, so where's the money coming from? Where's her money coming from to support her? Uh, Anna Vance, uh, she's been working on this state national for 40 years, and she was a judge for 30 years. And she she uh, retired as a judge for 30 years. So she's got a she pension, so gather. she's not affected by it. <laughs> Great. Okay. She's been uh, gathering and writing the whole thing, and uh-huh. there's a few people helping her. And you're, you're going to uh, take one judge's word, some wacko judge who's proposing this no, bizarre, absurd theory. Well, wait a minute. Think about this for a second. You've got but the see, Constitution. You start judging people right away, and you don't even know the truth, Greg, and that's what I don't well, like about you. I know that this, this sovereign citizen stuff is nonsense. Oh, they're, they're a fraud. And, they're I mean, a fraud. You don't know. You say, well, maybe we can find out some of the information, some of the truth, but don't start naming. Like, that's what you were saying about Anne. Oh, she's a wacko. And she, uh, no, I didn't I say Anne's a wacko. I, I, think she, I think she's got an agenda that we don't know about yet. I want to investigate to get further. Now, I like Anne. Anne's a friend well, of mine, but I think exactly. she's wrong on this. So bring her back and ask, ask more detail. Uh, okay. A lot of stuff I don't know how to explain too well, mm-hmm. um, but there's, there's uh, about 1,500 people waiting in line right now to become a state national, and I'm excited about it. And are they, uh, how many are immigrants who are going to lose their citizenship? No, they're not. Well, I mean... We're going to be state national. We're going to be like a Native American, real American. That's exactly how we are, and we will. So, yeah, I think you're making a, a huge and tragic mistake, and I, I wish yeah, you'd reconsider. Yeah, Native Americans, 
Native Americans was listed in the founding of the Constitution as being a sovereign nation. Sovereign. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they was here. Mm-hmm. And they were dealt with by uh, treaty in the beginning. Then later on, it resorted over to congressional acts. So there's a difference. You know, it's interesting. I actually but, have four citizenships now. I've, I've got four. I was I was born in Canada. Canada still recognizes Canadian citizenship for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an American citizen because I was naturalized when Judge George McGrath in Boston signed my naturalization papers. Uh, and I swore an oath to this country. I'm a Florida citizen because the 14th Amendment says that you're not only a citizen of the United States, you're a citizen of the state in which you reside, if you're a U.S. citizen. And the Creek tribe made me a member of the tribe, so I'm a Native American. I have that citizenship. I actually have four citizenships. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a lot. I'm not renouncing any of them. It's I'm keeping them. I have sent you a video, but oh, different things. But I don't think you have time to to watch them well, or, I see some or of learn them, about but it. I just think, uh, but it, it's hard to watch a video that I'm so convinced is wrong, and they give me no evidence. Okay. You know, it's like what they'll do is they'll take one little line out of a Supreme Court case and use that to make an entire argument. But if you read that line in context with the rest of the paragraph, it makes no sense. It's like what I did this morning with, with Fox News. Fox News are a bunch of traitors. You know, they're, they're, they're putting forward this propagandic nonsense that Trump wants to cut out parts of the Constitution. When in reality, yeah, Trump said point. that the election fraud cut out parts of the Constitution by, by uh, having the government blatantly violate it and install Brandon in the White House illegally. Okay? So there's mm-hmm. a total distortion of the truth. So what the state sovereigns are doing is exactly the same thing. By saying we're a U.S. corporation, by saying that uh, our lawyers are registered in London, uh, by saying that, uh, you know, you don't have to pay taxes and that you're renouncing your citizenship. That is the worst thing I've heard. That is so stupid. I can't tell you. Please don't do the that. Only Please thing renounce on your renouncement. Is for your, the mm-hmm. only thing on taxes is uh, your homes. But if you go shopping, of course you have to pay taxes, you know. Well, sales tax, not yeah. like you're not paying taxes How about all. gas tax? You pay uh, gas tax? Let me give you an example. Let's say you, you go your buy car? a brand new car. Wait, let, let, me, let me give you an example. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Let's okay. say you go, to, you go to a car dealer and buy a brand new car, right? Mm-hmm. So you go the to the open. car dealer. Yeah, you go to the car dealer, and uh, the first thing they ask you is for your Social Security. Because your Social Security is your identity uh, to trade you, sell you. And in the back of your Social Security, there are some little numbers in red. That's your routing number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go to the car dealer. They ask for your Social Security. You buy a $30,000 car, and uh, immediately this car dealer, they're getting paid for out of your money because you're worth millions of dollars, and you don't even know it. So that car is going to be paid in full, and you don't even know it, okay? Meanwhile, you're going to be paying for that car for the next five years. You're going to be making payments. Same thing when you go buy a house. Same exact thing. Let's say you buy a $300,000 house. It's paid for in full with your money. What happens is when you were born, if you notice your birth certificates are all in capital letters, there's a, there's a reason why. And the same thing when you die, your headstone is in all capital letters. Uh, so when you're born, uh, England, put a million dollars on your head to trade you, okay? And some sometimes they put uh, one and a half million dollars, and, and, tra- and then they do a DNA test on your foot in the hospital. So your parents sign you off for you to be trade. You're like a dead identity. You, you don't exist. You're dead. Uh, 
So what about the uh, what about the amount you owe to the national debt? That's gonna that's gonna take away that million dollars. No, no, that's that's different. This is a corrupt corporation. But I'm just saying. So they put they put that kind of money in your in your name, and all this year depends if you're gonna go to college or if you're gonna be a doctor. You're worth more money, more, and they're trading you, and they trade you. My girlfriend, she's a state national, and she could not believe because she can find out how many times she's been trade. You know, her name has been sold. Uh, it's just crazy. And her DNA, too. That's why they print your uh, foot to, to sell your DNA also. You are paying for a house for 30 years. They already got the money in full from your name because you're worth millions of dollars. And some of the people, like we have a lady right now, uh, she's building a $400,000 home. And she said, here, charge it on my Social Security. And she's getting it done. We have another military guy that he well, joined. Well, you know, there was a lady in Texas. There was a lady in Texas tried to squat in a vacant house under those pretense. You know where she's at now? I don't know. In jail. Yeah, but see, some people have to know the law, have to know exactly where, how much they're worth. And, and, and a lot of people, they come in and they get so excited. Oh, I'm going to get all this money. I'm going to be this. No, you don't do that. Look, I got my ID right now, okay? If I get stopped by the police, I'm not going to be foolish trying to, to show my ID until I get released from the United Nations. Uh, 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 you, uh, I was going to say Ukraine. The Pope, the Vatican, and England. We have to be released. We have to be released from the president, from Randy Sante, from the, from the local court here. And once everything is done, we're freely free. But right now I'm not going to be foolish fighting because I've seen videos, state national, they're brand new and they don't have a clue what they're doing. And they're trying to show their you know ID. You know you can't drive on uh, you can't drive on state roads without a driver's license. Issued by the state. But that's my point. Once you get released from all these different corporations, like I just said, you'll be fine. And your ID tells everything about it in the back of it. You can see I, the police. I know a guy. His name is. I know a guy okay. named in St. Louis. His name is Bernard Hooks. And he was stopped by Pine uh, St. Anne Police Department. And he pulled out that driver's license, and the police officer told him, a female, white female. She told him, you know, I know you, Bernard. I know where you work. Now, you either show me a Missouri-issued driver's license, or I'm taking you to jail. And, you know, another thing, too, you you have to go to the State Department to renounce your citizenship. It's not no form you send into something. I just said I just said that, Bianchi. You have to be released from the president of this. Yeah, country. but did you go to the U.S. Did you go to the the Secretary of State's office and I'm tell them you want to renounce your citizenship? Now this is what they're gonna tell you, and they may tell you more. Uh, One, you gotta be up. You gotta be up to date in your taxes. They ain't gonna let you go or let you renounce your citizenship. Yes, you are behind in taxes. And another thing, they're going to tell you that your children cannot renounce. You cannot renounce the citizenship of your underage children. Only they can do that once they become adults. Yeah, you have to You have to submit all this paperwork. Submit a Who letter. Who did you submit it to? Already. 
you submit it to the United Nations, uh, the Vatican, and they have offices in D.C. I mean, excuse me, in New York. Well, uh, you know, but the United wait, Nations wait, 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 and the Vatican wait, wait. did not afford you citizenship. The United States Constitution does. So you would have to submit no, no. that to the U.S. State Department. I'm just, I'm just telling you, okay, just listen. I have to be released from the United Nations, from uh, England, from the Vatican, from the president of this country, local uh, sheriff, local courthouse, uh, Ron DeSanti, and, and there's a few more letters I cannot think. But you have to be released in order for you to be fully a state national. If you get stopped by the police, you have your ID with your fingerprints. And in the back of it, it sells everything that you're not yeah, allowed to be Joseph, stopped. Joseph, if you get stopped by a local police department, they're not required to contact the Vatican and those other entities that you're saying. When you get stopped by a local police department, the only collection that they can go to is the Division of Motor Vehicles for their state. And that's why you need to be released from the local sheriff. From the, the only way you can be released, from Ron the only way you need to go to the United... I'm going to continue my report because you know what? I don't want to waste an all hour because you guys... No, you're not, not wasting time. Okay. What I would recommend that you do, I am what I would recommend time. you do is go to the U.S. Department of State website and they got articles there on how mm-hmm. you go about renouncing your U.S. citizenship. No, I, I just told you, I just told you, we got all the paperwork in order, and we have to be released from the President of the United States. Are you okay? going to file taxes this year? Yes, of course. We're not fully released yet, Ron, I mean, Bianchi, okay? Well, That's you, what I said. you we file all legal. the paperwork, you once, should be released. Once we get released, once we get released from all this corrupt corporation, which is all of them, okay? Yeah, but Dilson, you can call them what you want to. But what I'm saying is this. If you have been granted a business license by a state or local government, you have to comply with them. If not, you're going to be in some deep trouble. The Vatican has no jurisdiction of any entity in the United States. Yes, they do. That's the problem that you don't know, so do not know. But it's okay. I'm okay. going to change the subject because I don't want to waste this whole hour on uh, something that we know what we're doing, and you guys have to learn eventually, I mean, or read about it. See, that's the condescending part, Josie. You, you think that uh, because right. you, don't, you, don't, you don't consider our opinions valid. Uh, and I'm with Pianchi on this. I no, think this I mean, is, it's this okay, is very dangerous. but I'm just wasting my time because I keep telling him I'm not fully but, released But you've got no proof of this. this. You, you have no, and you can't have proof of this because it doesn't exist. You can't, you can't produce a Vatican document, you know, with your name on it. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to go be able to go to the UN in New York and say, I'd like to see my UN yes, ownership papers, please. Yes, all the letters you, ready to go. No, Come the, to my the, house no. and see them laying on my table. Yeah, yeah. Let me screenshot. You have you have to be fully released in order for you to be a real state national, okay? Yeah, fully yeah. Released. We'll we'll talk about this later. But this is yeah. the reason I wanted to let this yeah. conversation go is because I think it's critically important. Because Josie, quite frankly, there's a lot of people that believe as you do, and I think you're all being misled. I think you're all on a dangerous yeah, path. Not. I think you're going to be be uh, you're going to voluntarily give up your citizenship. Well, I was reading an article that says you have to go to the consulate of the country you want to live in. So 
if you're really renouncing your U.S. citizenship, you're basically leaving the country. I mean, you wouldn't, mm-hmm. nobody renounces their citizenship and stays here. So you have to go How to the consulate of the country yeah. you're going to live in and renounce your U.S. citizenship there. As Pianchi says, the State Department that does this. So you go to a U.S. consulate in the country where you're going to live in, and that's how you actually renounce your citizenship. I know all of that. Are you kidding me? I was very involved. Well, Tina Turner, Tina Turner, Tina Turner renounced her citizenship. And one of her requirements to make sure all her taxes due was paid. If not, they wasn't going to allow her to do it. Mm-hmm. Simple. All right. Let's hold it. Let's do it. I knew of a girl. I knew of a lady who was a member of the Hebrew Israelites, and she done that too. She renounced her citizenship, but she could not renounce the citizenship of her children. She had underage children, several, and also no other state would give her citizenship. So basically, she was stateless. Yep. She couldn't try to complain because she didn't have a passport. And another thing, a U.S. airline, when you try to board a U.S. airline and you pull out one of them international passports, they're not going to let you on. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because if they well, deliver you, you to another right. country, and I'm telling you from experience, but I've experienced people do. If of they course. deliver you to another country, then that country is going to say you can't come in. Then that airline has got to put you on a seat and bring you back to the United States on their cause. I understand. I traveled to 25 countries. I know exactly what happens when you go into an airline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about man-made food shortage. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that. Tell me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I had enough of the other stuff. It's fine. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is well organized. Uh, the food shortage in our, especially in America, more than any other countries uh, in the world right now. Uh, on purpose, they're destroying uh, our chicken, our cattle, uh, uh, frozen manufacturing. They they really are hurting our country, and this is on purpose. Uh, so the the United States uh, can go hungry. Um, this is evil, what these people are doing. Uh, the milk of the children, like you, we talked about it before, the milk was destroyed, sent to the border. They had huge cranes destroying all the milk uh, that the parents could use here in America. And Bill Gates uh, came up with an idea of creating bio milk. So we don't even know what's inside that milk. Uh, from Bill Gates right now, and a lot of parents, I have talked to nurses, they're a little bit afraid uh, to buy this milk, so I don't I don't know what they're doing. I said, well, get goat milk, but you know, I don't know, or, or if you're not vaccinated, you breastfeed the baby. The problem is a lot of the uh, moms, new moms, are vaccinated. Uh, one of my friend's uh, son, uh, they just had a baby, and uh, the baby after 24 hours, and he made a comment on Facebook. He's sticking up his hair like head like if he's four months old. I didn't want to make a comment because I know better. And I'm like, okay, so I did send them a private message. And uh, she is vaccinated, the mom. So a lot of these newborn babies, uh, Dr. Thorpe talks about it uh, on different, uh, I was watching a video of him. 
Did you see the movie Died Suddenly? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, Dr. Thorpe. He's in that one. Mm -hmm. Yes, very good. Very good. Yeah, I think you sent it to me the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't watch and, it when you're making and, uh, food. That was my mistake. I was I was making lunch and uh, you know I'm watching know. it. I'm like, oh no, uh, no. See it, see it between meals, folks. Trust me on this. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I can handle that though. I can okay. handle blood. No, I can handle it. <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this uh, this is horrible. Uh, but what makes me really sad is since so many doctors and so many people already know the truth about all these deadly vaccines and these deadly foods that, that they're serving us, nobody's doing anything to stop this. No one. No one is, is stopping from little kids. And there's more nurses coming in yesterday in my business that just got the vaccine because uh, they just got hired at a local hospital. And, and since they're new, they're telling them that they require the vaccine. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I thought this was done. Uh, no. And I said, you did haven't you seen about, any other videos? Well, did you hear what was happening know. today? I heard this on the news last night, and maybe you can comment on this. Senator Johnson, mm-hmm. who I do not understand why he has not uh, or why, you know, my, my doctor friends haven't uh, sent him our, our bill uh, on vaccine product liability. You know, he's taking he's doing a mm-hmm. closed door vaccine hearing today and he's doing a, uh, a public hearing tomorrow. Like three o'clock in the afternoon, uh-huh. maybe it's Eastern time. So it's probably two o'clock Central time, our time. But he's going to make another mm-hmm. public hearing, like he did that first the thing before. And the number one issue that should be before them right now is vaccine product liability mm-hmm. legislation. And the second most important issue is Section two thirty reform, so that uh, big tech can't censor. Uh-huh. And we've got bills to fix both of those things. And yet they're going to have this huge. I've got word out to my doctor friends. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going? Who knows people I that are know. going? You know, let's get the bills into that hearing. This is the perfect opportunity. It'll be a completely wasted opportunity if those bills aren't brought up in that hearing. Just like with the film Died Suddenly. And I, I know uh, someone that knows uh, Stu Peters who produced it and sent a message. Yeah. Says, why, did, why didn't they include vaccine product liability legislation in his film Died Suddenly? Again, a huge film making the rounds, you know, raises complaining to an art form, but it doesn't offer any solutions. The number one problem right now with conservative and patriotic advocates is they are not talking solutions. They are just restating the problems. And this is a exactly. huge missed opportunity. And, and your, your bill is very good, actually, with the vaccines. Very well, good. I'm glad Dr. Judy yeah. Nikovic, she's uh, uh, exposing it. Well, she's the one it. who is talking about it. She's one of the very few who actually yeah. presents our bills yeah. at every conference she goes to. But mm-hmm. she's only one person. Yeah. She, we need more. We need everybody. At these conferences, we need more I, in fact, people. I just wrote the. Yeah. You know, there was a. Did you hear about the Trump rally at Mar-a-Lago? They had a huge America's Freedom rally last weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, it's like, and I yes. wrote them. I said, guys, how, you know, why don't you start talking legislation? I said, why don't you invite me to the next one? <laughs> I haven't heard back from them, but uh, oh, you know, really? I would be more than happy to go anywhere in the country and speak on these bills and get them out there, because until we start advocating mm-hmm. solutions, there won't be one. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad uh, what we're going through. We're going through darkness in America. And uh, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart because uh, more and more people are dying. And uh, we're burying people every week in my church, Greg. It's sad. And, they say, and oh, nobody's so, so, making the connections? How come they're not making the Why no. don't you speak to, can you make a, can you do a, not a sermon, but can you address the, the, the church and say, folks, you've been lied to. You've been misled. This vaccine you is know, not a vaccine. Greg, it's I tried, dangerous. I tried to talk. I tried to talk to my pastor. I tried to talk to his wife. They don't want to know. It's sad. 
I well, how about a church Michael that does know? Yeah. I don't know. I should they call Carl Gallup. Is Carl Gallup still at the Hickory Hammock? Oh, yeah. He didn't get the vaccine. No way. Heck no. Mm-mm. He was open for business. Uh, I was at his church for three months while my okay. church was shut down. Uh, but so many so many people are uh, are dying from these vaccines. So many people. My niece is halfway paralyzed. Uh, oh. It's sad. My cousin, excuse me, my cousin. Well, uh, that's what that's what Senator Johnson's girl. doing the hearings on. Well, here's something interesting I found too. Mm-hmm. I, I posted this in, in one of our, uh, well, a couple of our sites. I posted in, in uh, uh, Citizens for Medical Freedom and our own uh, vaccine group, which are I think both those groups are private. But here's what I found the other day, and it's part of this is from Gateway Pundit. Uh, this is in Your News, Know Everything. And this is an article from December 2nd, so just a few days ago. International Blood Bank for the Unvaccinated has formed with donors from 16 countries. This is the Gateway Pundit. Mm-hmm. This, report, this is by Leslie Sewell or Soul, S-O-U-L-E. The Gateway Pundit is reporting that unvaccinated patients uh, who require transfusions can now access pure blood thanks to a new service called Safe Blood Donation, which was launched by a Swiss naturopath named George Delta or uh, Delta Pietra. Safe Blood Donation, which mm-hmm. currently has members in at least 16 countries, has, long, has a long-term goal of opening blood banks that provide its members with unvaccinated plasma. And this is from Vice, uh, Vice reported this too. According to George Delta Pietro, this is on my, this is on my pages. I've already pushed this out there. Uh, the demand for mm-hmm. pure blood has it. skyrocketed. Right? So this is, this is how people are rebelling, right? I got Mario well, on the line. Mario, get you in just a second. What's that? Go ahead. Yeah, it was backwards. If they have a blood bank, the blood bank should be for the ones that are vaccinated because they're the ones that's dying. And then they come up with some lame, blame excuse claiming, which also reinforced the issue, that the reason why come so many vaccinated are dying is because they didn't schedule their boosters on time. <laughs> well, that makes it work. You got a lot of people out here that's vaccinated, that's carrying something that's killing them, so you should separate mm-hmm. their blood from those who have never been vaccinated. Exactly. We talked about yeah. that. We, that's one of the first things we talked about. If you remember back in, in 2020, yeah. in March of 2020, we said as soon as they start with this jab, this messenger RNA, blood-corrupting, you know, uh, coagulating, clot-forming blood thing, and I still think they should autopsy Brian Sicknick, the, the Capitol Hill police mm-hmm. officer that died you know, shortly after January 6th with two strokes. He, I guarantee yeah. you he was killed by the COVID shot because that's what COVID shots do. They, clot your, they give you strokes and heart attacks. You know, the mm-hmm. kid's dying all the time. They're, ju- they're journalists. who's like, hey, I just had my second booster. And then they pass out and die right there on camera. This is happening. This is real. Mario, Mario I want to introduce uh, for those who, was, uh, who missed last week's show. Mario Prado is uh, the producer of The Falcon, which is a film that I'm absolutely loving and becoming more involved with. Mario, what do you know about this? Uh, you know, what are they saying in Hollywood uh, about, uh, about well, it, uh, getting very, a separate it's, blood it's, supply? It's, or it's, Go ahead, Mario. Yeah. Welcome yeah. Back. Quite honestly, um, we're we're dealing with it, but I believe that a good number of the industry people are are basically trying to stay under the radar. Unfortunately, since we have television now with internet and and the major features, and since we're kind of like open to everyone, we have to have um, uh, an individual that basically is uh, the COVID police, if you will, and it has really hurt production in a lot of different ways because we're so um, we're, we're so untrusting uh, of the of the COVID and uh, the and, and it has created another layer of um, how should I say confusion 
when it comes to, to this. And, and this is one of the things that I'm looking at when I produce the Falcon, which will probably be in May uh, this coming year. Uh, right now we're in pre-production. But, yeah, it is a serious uh, situation here in Hollywood. And um, it has caused a lot of confusion. I can't say one way or the other because I'm not a doctor. Wow, David, this is fantastic. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not, a, well, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. Yeah. Well, what they're trying to do, what, what, what the attempt is, is to try to castigate people who lived out their liberties by not getting vaccinated. That's what they're trying to do. But it should be well, just I, 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 I think there, there is, yeah, I, I have to agree that that, that anything that, uh, that, let's say, the system or management puts out, could be interpreted as a, 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 a form of, um, how should I say, inconvenience or pressure or anything like that. And to be honest with you, geez, um, health, I think, is one of the biggest things that we have to uh, address. And I think, I think your, your, your uh, listener is absolutely correct, but I, I think we're, we're sometimes going at it the wrong way. Yes, we do have some kind of virus happening. I agree with that. I don't think anyone disagrees. I do agree that to a certain extent it has become more of a political issue instead of really being a human health uh, approach. I mean, we don't, we don't take an advantage. You know, we're looking at a problem that has a much more a deeper core problem, which is the way we eat and how we take care of ourselves. And I think that that, that has kind of been pushed to the side because it's a, it's a political football. So I can't disagree with, with, the, with your listener. I cannot disagree with them. But at the same yeah. token, we have to be a lot more responsible from the go-get. Do we, do we really look at our, our next generation coming up? Are they truly eating properly? Are they truly getting the exercise they should get? And uh, maybe that's Yeah, not but they can't have the vaccine uh, on top of it. They, they can't have it, Mario, they can't have a jab on top of that. See, that's the problem. No, 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 I totally agree with you there. It's almost like the cart before the horse. Um, let's take care of the problem, but let's not really go to the real beginning. In other words, yes, I know we need vaccinations to a certain extent. Uh, I had not to really. take the vaccine. I'll disagree with you there, you know? but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I had to take the vaccination in order to work. All right, but time. I also heard from Australia that, uh, that once you take the vaccination, it ruins your immune system. Is that uh-huh. true? I'm yes. not a doctor. Is that true? And yeah, it if is. it is... I have doctors stating the, that the on the show. The powers of be should also take that into consideration, but they don't. Yeah. They, they yeah. turn a blind eye. And so, therefore, I have to agree with your listener that, yes, it is a form of creating a situation that is uh, not pro, uh, how should I say, pro. Or, you, know, I, you know, I can't even put a word to it. So well, okay. um, I, I, well, I, do, from I do feel confused. I, yeah, well, I don't know well, who to trust. we can unconfuse you. I'll give you eighteen. I'll give you eighteen shows of of uh, the world's greatest doctors, and it'll it'll make it very clear. Jackie, why don't you say what you're going to say, and then I want to play something for Mario because I want to I want Hollywood to do a PSA for us. <laughs> you know, I've already got one here. I'll give you an example. Jackie, what oh, was you your do? Point? Okay, marvelous. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. You know, what I was going to say is the government has no business getting involved in a person's choice of what they eat, what they drink or how much exercise they think. Those are individual choices, and that's the liberty of the individual. And like I said before, I agree with that. But thing the, about the other making, part of that is a responsibility. Just because you can do whatever you want, the individual you want, is there a responsibility? Yeah, just a simple yeah. yes or no. Is there a responsibility? Yes or no. 
that 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 lies with the individual, not the government. I agree with that. Now, how you go about there's a way that that has been tried, true, tried, proved, and tested about instilling that type of knowledge in an individual. But this blood scheme is totally ridiculous. It's backwards. I want to be separated from those who have been vaccinated and not those who haven't. Okay, we're getting a little bit of background noise. Maybe it's your line, Mario. And uh, I want to, I know you guys are really enthusiastic, which is great. And I want to, so if we just need to separate a little bit, and I'm guilty of this too, of jumping in in the conversation. But if you're not speaking, you want to mute yourself and then kind of come back in, and that'll, that'll get us, uh, we'll get a clearer line so we get some more things for you. Pianchi, why don't you, did you have another point? And then I want to, I want to play something for Mario. Okay. No, I'm done. So I'm listening. Okay. Okay. All right, well, let me play something here. See, what I'm hoping that Hollywood will do, you guys should do what you do best, which is put out a national PSA video talking about the dangers of the COVID shot and the ability and, and the call for a separate blood supply. That's what you should, that's what, you know, conservative, patriotic American Hollywood producers, directors, and actors, I think, should be doing. Here's what I made. Now, it's a little bit inaccurate now, and I'll, I'll explain in the end, but this is what I made uh, probably okay. two years ago. Oh, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Uh, where's my? Th- Here it is. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio. You've all heard those ads for people who have suffered medical or health tragedies, which say you may be entitled to compensation. But if you have suffered injuries or crippling diseases or medical procedures that went horribly wrong, it's not the compensation you need. It's the knowledge you should have had before the condition you suffer from now. So that you are never in that position in the future, I strongly recommend that you do not get any COVID vaccines. Get informed. Do your own research. For 99.97% of Americans, your natural immunity will give you, at worst, only moderate symptoms of COVID. If you've already had COVID, it's virtually impossible to get it again. There are effective cures for COVID, which will get you completely over the virus. There is no cure for the COVID-19 vaccines. Once you start down the road of DNA modification, there is no going back. Okay, Mary, I just muted you for a second just to, to make that, uh, that presentation a little clearer. Okay, now, I've learned since from uh, Dr. Jude Mikovits and some other folks that's not accurate anymore. There are, there are ways that you can treat yourself for having the COVID shot, uh, therealjudy.com. The real Dr. Judy.com, excuse me, uh, is her website. She has all kinds of products that can get you back from um, the, the spike proteins, the blood clots, and things like that. I don't know if it's a complete reversal, but it's, it's really good. It's a whole lot better than not doing it. Uh, the other thing is, once you have had COVID, yeah, you can because there are variations. There are things uh, that you can get again, but the people that are getting it again the most are those that have had the most shots. So the more, sh- the more shots you get, the lower your immunity the more COVID you're going to get. This is like the flu shot. How many people get the flu shot and then get flu? Well, the reason they do is because the flu shot destroys their immunity to all the different other possibilities of flu. They're only geared for a particular one that may or may not be infecting you. So the flu shot's a total waste of time. It destroys your immune system. But think about it. It's the perfect marketing thing. So you tell people that the flu shot prevents flu. So they say, get the flu shot, you won't get flu. Then when they do get the flu, say, well, you didn't have enough flu shot. You need more flu shot. Well, that's like saying cyanide right. keeps you healthy. Okay? So then if you die, well, the problem is we didn't have enough cyanide. You only had a little bit of cyanide and it killed you. You should have had a lot more cyanide. You would have been fine. Well, that's counterintuitive. That makes no sense. Exactly. That doesn't pass well, the logic and reason it makes, it makes, it makes Yeah, it, it makes sense in a business sense where the human is simply a product mm-hmm. and then game. And I think you're absolutely right. 
the idea is is if, if, it, if it damages or ruins, and again, these are words that are not really definable at this moment within our conversation, but they do something to the immune system. And then what happens is you become dependent, and that's exactly what, to a certain extent, the system wants. And, and I think we call it exactly right. What, is, what, the underlying, what the underlying factor is, they're trying to create a situation in which we are completely dependent on that, that system. You see what I'm saying? Whether it be pharmaceuticals or what have you. And unfortunately, I believe, sadly, that that is the underlying direction. And, um, and so let's get a Hollywood yeah. PSA, a national ad campaign of well, conservative patriotic advocates saying don't take the COVID shot. Where is it? And, and offer the solution that for those mm-hmm. who have, that there is information on being able to, to adjust or define how well your immune system is working. That right there uh, from a business standpoint, is a moneymaker in a pharmaceutical because what's happening is they're creating a situation, uh, maybe on purpose, I have to say more on purpose than anything else, and so that there's an area. So in other words, if you're, and again, I, I, I don't want to get into this, uh, how should I say, finger pointing, but let's say you're oh, I do. particular. I put fingers all the time. So how did you get this way? Um, yeah, well, the, the idea to me is, is that, okay, we know in a, in a broad stroke that Indians, okay, when they're presented with alcohol, they go off the cart a lot faster than, let's say, other cultural groups. Uh-huh. So if we use that as a, as a proven example, okay, and it's, again, it's a broad stroke here, so there's always exceptions to the rule. But if we were to look at that and take that same template and place it on, let's say, this vaccine, then it would come logically, okay, with not necessarily a scientific proof that there are going to be some of us that are going to be damaged, some are less damaged, some will not be damaged. But the problem is, is that the pharmaceuticals have been given a gateway that says, look, we don't want to be responsible in any case. We're trying to take care of the masses. And uh, in, that, in that, they're, I think, not so much being sloppy, they're being irresponsible. And I think that's where a PSA, uh, like you're suggesting, I would love to create that and put it on my website. I'll help you uh, write it. That says, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, if you can write it, uh, then we get the voices. Okay. And we could even, I would even say something like that. You have to understand that on radio, our voice, you have to excuse me because I'm coming down from a little bit of a cold, um, also carry weight. So if I have the same information you're giving me, by a, a person that has an English accent, a person that has an Indian accent, a person that has a, a, a Mid-Eastern accent. I can do all those, it's by the way. To, it's, and we're it's going, going to have to a discussion today of, of, of COVID. Yeah, so why don't you just gather going, around here going to Masterpiece Theater. Right. Maybe she'll it's, talk about COVID. There you go. And, and, and so I, I, I would be more than happy to put that on my website because to be okay. able to offer those that feel that there is something wrong, but that there is also a group that has information enough to be able to say, yes, we do need it, but there is going to be side effects and issues that need to be addressed. That's being responsible. That's all. Yeah, we don't need it, though. That's I, the know, thing is we that. don't need it. And, and what That's the crazy is, part. It, 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 yeah. to, me, it, to me, it blurs <laughs> the line. It, it makes it human. Uh, it's you know? 
but I would love to talk to you about that and put that okay. on my site. As a matter of fact, I, I just got off with my webmaster and I told him that I need space for these kinds of things. So maybe later on this week let's get together on that because I honestly okay. think that that is a value. You know, that's a responsibility for any in the industry, whether it be entertainment, whether it be religious, whether it be, you know, management-wise or political. I think there's a responsibility there. I think that's one of the big problems with us. Right now, so we don't have well, there's so much on the other side, Mario. There's so much. There's so many actors and people that are bragging about getting their jab. Irene Cara just died. Uh, we think of a COVID jab. You know, she was uh, Josie was telling us that she bragged about getting the COVID shot six months ago, and that's usually the time frame. It's either within a, anywhere after from a few minutes to six months is when people are dying from the COVID shots. Well, if you have enough people, wow. people that you know, uh, if you how many people are not dying uh, who didn't have a COVID shot? Okay, I'm healthy. I didn't have a COVID shot. You know, I'm 63. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, in fact, I think I had COVID right. back in the, you know, right at the beginning of uh, 2020. And so I got my immunity the yeah. old fashioned way. I earned it, <laughs> you know, and uh, I've been good. fine ever since. I'll never take a vaccine. I will never take another vaccine again. I don't believe in them. I am anti-vax. I think well, they're dangerous. Now, I, I would have to say I have to agree with you in, in that sense. And then I, I have a friend of mine that's very, very frightened. And I think fear mm-hmm. is, is also something that needs to be addressed. We have created this, this situation of fear on every uh-huh. level. But if I look at it and I step back, and I'm in a pretty big city, right? I'm uh-huh. down here in Los Angeles, Hollywood, a lot of people. We have a lot of homeless. The, 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 the question that I ask, and to my friends that are extremely sensitive about this whole uh, vaccination thing, I said, if it is as bad as you say it is, then why aren't there body bags along the homeless routes? Why aren't there people being picked up that are, that are dying off the streets? They live in the streets. They literally live in the streets. And yet there is no information that I have been able to find of the ratio of people that are from the homeless community because we created that community. You know, we let it fester. Now we have 50,000-plus people living in the streets in our own city. That's a community. They're not dying left and right. There's no reports. Now, maybe somebody's shoving it under the, under the wheel, but I would be able to see it. I drive Hollywood and Los Angeles every day. I don't see people just laying dead on the street, if that's the case. So, yeah. Hey, guys, i got to leave uh, for a minute. So i got to mute myself. I'll be right back. Yeah. So, so please carry on. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, no problem. So my, my concern, my concern to all the listeners out there is that we need just a little more responsibility. Uh, this idea of, of separating us and this idea of... of uh, Hitting this fear factor between us is, is very dangerous, as we can see the results. And uh, part of my project uh, with Alton is to address those issues, issues within two hours, to be able to at least address the responsibility that is necessary on both sides, not only on the industrial complexes, uh, whether it be military, pharmaceutical, transportation, energy, agriculture, uh, education. Oh my God, let me get started on that. But at the same token, our responsibility as individuals that are, have invited their leadership. And this, I think, is, is really the basis of our, our challenge as a nation. Um, because we're becoming more global, when I fly to Paris, it's a different neighborhood. It is not like it used to be. It's a different part of the universe. I mean, I can get from here to Paris in six hours. That's nothing, nothing. I can make a phone call right now and find out what's going on in the Ukraine. That's minutes. 
So this, the Internet has given us a, a tremendous opportunity to be much more presently aware, but at the same token, there are those that are using it uh, for their own ends, for their own agenda. And um, I'm hoping to, uh, to look at some of those things in, in the Falcon project. So um, I back. love this program. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. Okay. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, so long story short, responsibility is part of it on both sides. I do believe that offering uh, the different levels of, uh, how should I say, getting back from the COVID is, is very, very valuable. It's being responsible. Um, and I would love to be able to put something that on my website in order to help anyone, as well as have it shared mm-hmm. on yours, Greg, um, uh, because I think it's important. It's just being responsible. I love how about a, how about a vax-free movie production? Would you, how about how about uh, encourage well, you know, you know what? Uh, unvaxed you know what? people that to apply? Under education. That falls under education. That falls under PSAs. Okay. And I, I have the wherewithal. I have the I have the technology. Uh, and I know I can find the manpower of those people that are, how should I say, passionate about that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you, back if you in advertise... the day, they would tell you, don't forget to, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, back in the day when I was growing up, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising to have a PSA that says, don't forget to wash your hands, uh, don't forget to eat your spinach, you know, and eat your vegetables. And what's wrong with that? You know, yeah, don't take the COVID shot. Not, <laughs> yeah, but if yeah, you had like, a COVID-free you know, workplace... You know, we have non-smoking yeah. workplaces. Why can't we have a COVID-free movie production? COVID or vax-free movie production? Wouldn't that be interesting? You get boycotted. And you know what? Here's you get a lot of publicity. Like <laughs> let's let's explore that because we have a responsibility in the entertainment industry, even though that there's a lot of pushback in Hollywood and so on and so forth. But there are some of us, like myself, who agree that being able to do what we do to inform the audience of, of certain realities or perspectives or views is part of our responsibility as storytellers, you know? Um, and I think that, that I know that if we were to do a poll just from my website and I can get the numbers because obviously it's, it's a question of structure, okay, and numbers. Mm-hmm. I know I can get a crew together. You know, I'm talking about a crew of, let's say, I would say 25 and that's working on both sides of the camera, to produce a series of insights that are just informative, give you the information, you make the decision, you see. And I think that that's a responsibility that both sides, not only the public in general, but certainly the industries, if they want to be responsible to the people that keep them alive, you know, the pharmaceuticals, whatever, is being responsible. But um, I would love to talk to you about that, and I know it's possible. You know, um, and, and it gives us a source. And you will not find that in any other country in the world. We have a certain uh, flexibility and responsibility. Remember, this, this country is an experiment. This is literally an experiment. And there's a lot of people who don't like the direction this experiment can take us. And so well, let's experiment then. If, if we're going to experiment, let's experiment big time. Like I say, if you came out with a, exactly. or you, you got exactly. a group of conservative problem, folks right? together to, uh, no. to put out a PSA. If you came out with a, a vax-free workplace, if you did all the things, and people said, "Well, you can't do that," I said, "We have non-smoking workplaces. What's the difference?" You know, I mean, it, it, I don't want right. people shedding, you know, COVID shots all over us. You know, so the the how challenging do you want to be? That's the question. And I'm getting a little background noise in your line. You must be in a restaurant somewhere, or something. Right. <laughs> I'm hearing, I get stuff right. in the background. Um, but so how how far would you want to take that? 
and then we can talk. Then we'll let open up to Pianki and Josie to ask you like Hollywood questions because we all have Hollywood questions because it's fun. But how yeah. you know, and you don't have to answer me now on this, but think about it. How far would you go? Because you know, if you advertise a a, a, a vax free workplace, you're going to get boycotted. You know, you'll be national news within seconds. Okay, but a lot if of you times, start, a lot of times, you know, and I'll, well, well, let's 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 approach that very often. Pushback, uh, which which was, we'll just use as a general term, pushback, something mm-hmm. that says no, we don't like it is a perfect, uh, how should I say, flashpoint to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You see, not a debate, a conversation. Okay, so I'm willing to take what you're saying and push back and so on and so forth, but let's explore it. And so what happens, it feeds education and information. And so, yes, I, I agree that uh, I know that I have the manpower and all, I'd, all I would have to put up is, is raise a flag, if you will. We're looking at creating a, 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 a vaccination-free environment. All those who are in favor, you know, contact me. I mm-hmm. know just by default, because the way the world is with the Internet and so on and so forth, that that could happen. Now, by taking that seed, Greg, because you're creating a seed, that's what you're doing, and you're mm-hmm. planting it in an environment such as the entertainment industry, it will then take a life of its own. You may have features. You may have... Uh, uh, what they call futuristic uh, expressions and so on and so forth. So it has to start someplace. And what's interesting is that the entertainment industry, basically it responds to the social issues now faster than it used to be, you see. Hmm. Really faster than it used okay. to be. I'm going to need a little more girl. So, so I, I totally agree with you. And I know that your audience would certainly be willing, because what you do is you give a ground where we can explore you. In other words, mm-hmm. basically, I look at you, Greg, as a tribal leader that takes a stick and you create a circle and says, okay, once you step into this circle, okay, the gloves can be on, but you've got to bring facts with it. You say you've got to bring something with it so that, the, mm-hmm. that the, the people outside the circle can observe. And that, to me, is what part of our responsibility as entertainers should do. We want us to see the different divisions, you know, within our own community. To put it bluntly, Greg, it's this. When I do a story, it's not something new to the people. All I'm doing is identifying an already existing idea and showing them a different slice of it. Do you love Greg? Yes, I do love Mario. I'm going to show you this kind of love. Do you hate? Fine, I'll show you hate. So as an entertainer, what we're doing is taking existing concepts and redefining them, okay, within an hour, two-hour, 30-minute segment. Now, okay. if, it's done with a certain, if it's done with a certain responsibility, we can say, look, this is a story. It has its rights because you are part of it, regardless of whether you like it or not. But it's up to you to decide where you're going to take it from there. You know, and I, I wish... Uh, uh, how should I say, most of the entertainment industry would be more articulate in that sense. Yes, they want to make a buck. Just, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But they're making a buck, hopefully, with a passion they have uh, of what they want to produce. And that goes for the people on both sides of the camera. You know, the performers have to be able to participate as much as the crew has to participate. So, yes, I'll tell you what. Um, to whoever's listening out there, I would definitely want to create a PSA Put it on my website as a example that could be then shared with any other platform that's willing to give us 30 seconds or 45 seconds. I love seconds. it. 
you know who would be good? And, are you in touch with... Yes, I was going to say, are you in touch with James Woods? Because he's really furious right now at Twitter. He'd be the perfect person to do this. It'd be great. Well, there you go. I, I think that there are those that have... Uh, you know what? I've seen some cutthroat situations happening in my industry, so it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me on a larger industry. Certain medical doctors have been, how should I say, uh, character, what do they call it, character assassination? Assassination, okay? yeah. Because or canceled. They're, because the they're bringing a, a cancel culture, whatever you want to call it, okay, blacklisted. Let's go back to the, you know, back to the day when the Nazis was a big thing, and if you were a communist, you were blacklisted. These are part of the growing pains that any nation, any community, any forward-moving society must go through. And if you don't like it, well, then you know what? Mm-hmm. Pack your bags, take a one-way ticket, and go to some other country. I mean, you just honestly, a, uh, you, you, one of the beautiful things about this country is we can have this conversation that we're having. Oh, yeah. And to me, well, that believe is me, they're listening around the world, too. Mario, you raised a fascinating thing. I want to just hold it up for a second because you said blacklisting. And what's the difference between the Hollywood 10 uh, and especially the guy that Trumbo, that, that wrote Spartacus, which is a fascinating story. There's a great movie made about that, all right? So uh, maybe you know more about the story. Mm-hmm. You can enlighten us. But uh, what's the difference between that and James Woods having his career over? Uh, conservatives like who? I guess Tom Selleck, John Voight, uh, Jenny Turner. Uh, I don't know how many women are conservative you know, in Hollywood, but I know some of the guys. Um, but what's the difference? Are they not being blacklisted? Do we not have a Hollywood blacklist at this time? Oh, there's always a list. Trust me. Okay. I don't care what hmm. industry it is. Okay, there's always a list. If, we, if, we're, if we're really mature... And we're playing in the playground, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, Greg. I don't care if it's in the automobile industry. I don't care if it's in the pharmaceutical. There is always going to be a brilliant star that is somehow going to be, how should I say, smudged or, 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 or pitted against the, the, the particular social fabric. That mm-hmm. is part of the growth of anything. Now, you, you, you cannot just take How should I say this? Right now, your show is creating history. Now, when we say that, oh, it's going to be some global impact. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, okay? Mm-hmm. Global impact, and I've, I've heard stars say this. When, when, the, when the interviewer says, man, you became an overnight success. <laughs> no, it took me 10 years to become yeah, an exactly. overnight success. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? And that's the reality. But you, we as consumers, to a certain extent, we, we are just excited you know, oh, my God, he's coming on set. He's being interviewed. He's a great stuff. Hey, listen, he had to pay his dues. No one escapes that. You know? You, you don't, See, you, I understand you don't, that when I started this process. You don't you I have back achievement in, coming yeah. uphill. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. You see? Now, yes, there's mm-hmm. groups that will help you. Yes, there's groups that will stop you. If you don't understand that when you go into any industry that mm-hmm. it's like that, then you're, pardon my friends, you're an idiot. If you don't think for a moment that you're going to open up a restaurant and within five blocks, ten blocks, that there's somebody that's going to be frowning and you don't realize that, then you're not going Okay? And you deserve to fail. That's one of the beautiful things about this country. You are allowed to fail. Now, what do you learn from it is the point. What do we learn from it? And that is really the challenge. Take the blacklist. I want to know what the blacklist. I bet it's if I Google right now, I can come up with the blacklist. Okay. okay. That's I don't care if I don't care if it's if it's uh, it, look. It goes even this far. It goes even look. When I produce a project, okay, mm-hmm. I get frowned on 
to the individuals that would carry my project into other territories, okay, for obvious reasons that, that you know, they explained to me because I'm the kind of person that says, well, tell me what you really feel. If you hate it, tell me. I need to know. What is it about that you hate it? There's nothing wrong with hating something. It helps me understand you. It helps me identify where your roots are coming from. And then I may have to go in and do another film that would, how should I say, look at that perspective. To me, that's good business. But for some people, oh, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's it. I'm closing the door. Don't ever come here again. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. me. It's uh, kindergarten stuff. You know? But we, yeah. we are, we're at that level. You know? uh, your show uh, defines itself. We look at the problems and see what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. While other shows, and you explained this to me, and I, I couldn't believe you're absolutely right. Some people just survive on the woes of the world. They get advertisers. Oh, it's the woes of the world. It's the woes of the world. There's no, there's no solution. You know, in our yeah, industry, I call it raising complaining. I call it raising complaining to an art it, form. Exactly. In our industry, yeah. if you come with a problem and you don't like something, you better have a solution. Hmm. Because if you don't come to the table with a solution you're actually the problem, even though you may be right, okay? It has happened. I've seen it. Blood-faced, okay? A cameraman will come up to me, a director of photography, and he'll say, look, Mario, this is not going to work because the way the story is, blah, blah, blah. And I says, okay, what's the solution? I don't have a solution. He says, well, you know what? You better have a solution by the end of the day or you're off the project. Wow. If you feel that strong to protect the job and everyone else that's on the set, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. What's wrong with that? You know? Now, I will have to agree that there's certain things that I don't agree with. But because of the, 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 how should I say, the direction of the wind, I may have to navigate through that this time through. Look, I had this situation. Here's a perfect example to to your audience. Mm -hmm. We had a project. We were looking for investors. No problem. So the investors came in and said, listen, we have the money to be able to get this off the ground. But the condition is we want to bring in our people. I said, absolutely, on the next one, but not this one. Yeah. Obviously, you have an interest. That's why we're bringing the money. Now, if you have an interest bringing the money because you can bring in your friends, that's unacceptable. But I tell you what, since you see at least some value in this, we'll work with your friends on the next one. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying when. Hmm. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But there's a reality that has to be addressed. What is our responsibility for the people that have been doing all the heavy lifting and you want me to replace them because you want to bring in your pals? And there's nothing wrong. When I say pals, I don't mean in a derogatory sense, mm-hmm. but there is a certain responsibility that if I've got heavy lifters, they deserve something. So if they come to me and say, we want to replace them, I'll say, okay, well, I'll tell you what, then you can buy them out. And if they accept it, great. If they don't, well, that's up to them. There's, so, there's this so, whole Hollywood you know, subculture. This right. is fascinating. I want to, let's say I want to bring Pianki and Josie in the conversation. They're still here. But I think this is what I think people are really fascinated with. And we can talk a little bit about the Falcon. Of course, that's up to you how much you want to release on that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's uh, nice to get an update. But just the inner workings. It's a business, but it's not. It's almost like part of our heritage and it's our right. culture. I mean, movies, because yes, people see is. movies yeah. in a way that they don't see you know, how cheese is made. You know, they don't see you know, what happens in the slaughterhouses. Right. 
They don't see what's happening on the assembly right. lines. They see the finished product. But Absolutely Hollywood. correct. See, now, see, Greg, this is where we need to have that. The sad okay. part is once you understand how the industry works, it's certain to a certain extent, and, and I, I, I warn, it's a, it's a warning to those who want to know how the background, background works, it takes some of the magic away from the story. Because you understand what's happening outside the frame of the camera. And oh, remember, like this the is entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Well, but the point is, is there's so much rich history in just certain, how certain things happen in our culture, in our community, in our art world of structure and of art, art expression. It's unbelievable. And I, I said this, I think, on the last show. The, the entertainment industry is the only one that uses every profession known to me. We need everything in order to do what we do. Don't think for a moment that there isn't any industry that any of my projects don't touch. Hmm. From your research, to, from your libraries, to your, to your uh, alterations person, to your tailor, to the guy who drives a truck who moves the equipment. We use every single thing. And that's what I love about this industry. And as a line producer, because that's really my profession, I have to coordinate them all. And we all have to move together on step. So if there's somebody that has a problem, he has to bring a solution. Yeah. Otherwise, he becomes a problem. Because <laughs> now and you're alerted to something, and now you've got to deal with it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, if we can get anything with your background, I don't know if we can get you closer to your phone or something, but it's, it's just I want to make sure that everybody hears everything you're saying. And so we just, if it's a way to get okay. a little clearer, that would be great. Um, Pianchi, Josie, okay. do you guys have a question for, for Mario? Give me a second here. No, sir, I don't. Yeah, no, okay, well, I'll keep okay. going. I always have questions. The, uh, entertainment. Like I, I, don't, say, what, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say hi uh, to Mario. Como estas? Y I'm listening to Aquí, you. Luchando con la vida. Thank you so much. Ah, hay que luchar duro. Leíste mi historia. I think she brings by default the question in terms okay. of culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are an experiment. I think most of us can agree. And if not, explore the idea that America as a country is an experiment. And therefore, we have a certain responsibility to explore those who have come to this country to make it their home. Okay? Now, you know, it, it's almost like saying we're a family, right? And we married into you know, a, a different community, a different culture. We have a certain responsibility to explore that community, explore that culture. And um, whether it be a situation like West Side Story, okay? whether it be situations outside of countries such as uh, Casablanca. So we have a certain responsibility to give the audience a view. And they must understand that that is simply one of a million views when they go and see a film, whether mm-hmm. it be Matrix, whether it be... What is this uh, avatar, whether it be uh, a, a, a docudrama, whether it be comedy. If we go in with that kind of attitude, we are citizens of the world. And I think that's the direction that our country should move in. That anyone that comes here that becomes and calls this place theirs, they immediately become a citizen of the world. Because in it, we have every variety, every cultural view, every religious feeling. That's an exciting place to live. See, so uh, I have traveled. I, I would say this: the only fault that this country has, and I would love to make this a constitutional law, 
and again, I, I'm nobody to say this, but if you want to be a citizen and you're born and raised here, you need to leave this country for one year in a third world country and then come back if you don't join the military. Because then you really understand what you want. You know, I, I just, it just, it kills me. I have to fight my son. Somebody's going to stop me. And you haven't really experienced what it's like outside of others. Truly. Why are people coming and breaking down to try to get into this country? Because it's free? Just because of Because the wall's down. That's why. <laughs> the the yeah. wall has gaps. There's well, a hole in the wall. That's the why wall they're coming in. Gaps. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and because they're getting like paid. Introduced me to some, well, yeah, yeah that's true, too. Yeah, you brought yeah. something to my uh, to my attention, which was fantastic. Which is that, that the young lady that wrote up the hundred um, uh, hundred points that the, that um, that um, what was it called? Jesus, Greg, help me out here. Um, the hundred questions uh, uh, that that when you become a citizen that you have to answer ten of the one. Oh, that was Amber. That was um, Amber Kemper. You haven't talked to her yet. She's, she's Amber, our okay. constitution reporter. That is and so she wrote a bill. To me, yeah, she wrote a bill. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, that, that should be part of the so-called conditioning. And again, you can, you can take the word conditioning and, and make it an ugly thing to become an American citizen, to understand the dynamics in her hundred questions that you need to have the answer for in order to be able to consider yourself a citizen. To me, should be taught in schools, should be exposed to anyone who wants to come to this country, to the beginning of conditioning you and you well, that's to what prepare it used to be. yourself. To, yeah, yes. She took it from the immigration citizenship test. That was so, so actually, and that's what Josie and I did when we became citizens, me from Canada, her from Nicaragua. You know, we actually took the right. citizenship test. Now, what, what Amber is saying, and that should apply to people running for office also. So you're going to run into absolutely. constitutional problems. She, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and I, I, I have the ability in the South to be able to bring that and present the value of that kind of vision, that kind of look, that kind okay. of idea. You see? And I don't have a problem with that because it creates a conversation. Yeah. You see? When they leave that theater, they're going to say, well, what if our leaders had to take that test in order to qualify uh-huh. to, be, to be a politician. That right there is going to shake. That's going to have ripple effects all the way down the line, whether they review the film positively or negatively. You see, I love critics because sometimes they're real knuckleheads. You know? <laughs> but at the same time, they can, discover, they can discover nuances that I didn't even realize. You see? So, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And um, when you look at the, at the different cultures that are here in this country, uh, the wealth of, of perspective that if you look at it from a positive manner, mm-hmm. you see, you, you, it's a treasure trove of ideas, stories, lessons, perspectives, beliefs, emotions. Oh, my God. I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I really, really am, you know. Um, and, and I think that there is a, an unbelievable wealth. We haven't even scratched the surface. Your show, for instance, if it was in every country, oh, my God. Well, you'd be surprised how many countries we're in. We just need bigger audiences in them. I'll tell you, the biggest countries outside of the United States. Um, I'm going I'm to mute your line for a second. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> so uh, 
let me just uh, just hold you up here for a second. Yeah, the the countries that we're in, uh, the biggest one, of course, is Canada, right outside uh, here, uh, and the English speaking countries. So Canada, England, Australia, New Zealand are our biggest audience outside. But we have audiences all through Central America, uh, all through South America. We're getting more African countries. We just got uh, uh, Zambia joined us again. Uh, we've got uh, Russia, China. We've got all through uh, the South Pacific, Australia, Solomon Islands, New Caledonia. We've got through Asia, Vietnam. Uh, we've got South Korea, Japan, uh, China. Uh, we've got India. Uh, we've got a bunch of places. We've got all of Europe, both Eastern and Western. The only countries that don't listen to us are, are Ukraine, Belarus. And I think Latvia just dropped off. But, and Slovenia, Slovenia, which was listening for years and years. But every other country in Europe you know, has registered on the world map. Um, so we've got a ton of listeners. And so, but the, what we here, don't have me. is the numbers. I, I, okay, you're back now. There we go. So I just want to make that point. Okay, um, so but, looking, yeah, looking at, looking at uh-huh. that list, I would love uh-huh. to do a PSA in each of those languages. Hmm. And I know that if I throw a stone, I'll run into somebody who can speak that language <laughs> in this country. Wow. Yeah, that's Now, true. what's wrong with that? A PSA in their own language about your show and what it brings you to Oh, go for it's it. It's not I'm, bringing I'm, I'm answers. Game. It's being able to it. formulate the proper question mm-hmm. that needs to be asked. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting. Right I'm going to tell you what is going on. That's all. Yeah. Well, here's, what I, here's some and, of the plans I'm working like on. Okay. But here's one of the things I'm working on is we have to learn the parliamentary system so we can work with the British Commonwealth countries. Canada, Australia, England, mm-hmm. you know, New Zealand, things like that. I need to understand how Muslim law is created. Now, I don't want to get anybody killed advocating our stuff, but we've got problems in Iran right now. We've got problems in China, you know, where people are protesters are being shot and killed uh, or imprisoned yeah. or tortured. Or, you know, they're doing, they're doing what they do best, what totalitarian governments do best. So I want to find a way to approach Muslim countries. Probably Indonesia would be a good place to start, simply because they're Muslim, but they're not as oppressive as like Iran, for example. They're not, you know, they're, yeah. they're Muslim yeah. country, but they're not like yeah. a theocracy. Um, unless they are and I don't know it, which is possible. But there are places that we need to learn other government systems. You know, there's still a few monarchies left in the world, which would be kind of interesting. You see, well, see Greg, you're doing exactly what, what, what should be done. Before okay. you go into any place, understand how they operate. Mm-hmm. Because two things happen. One, obviously you're learning. But two, you can then navigate through that community to be able to find those that can see what we see. They may not accept it. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not accepting something. But as long as we understand where that, what we would call roadblock, comes from. See? So, mm-hmm. so I, I, I would definitely love to talk to you about that because one of the things is, is if you are in all those other locations, I don't care if mm-hmm. there's only five of them in my, my perspective. If we do them the respect to be able to speak in their language, in their tongue, okay, that opens up an unbelievable uh, opportunity. And all it is is 45 seconds of them saying exactly what you should in their native tongue. Well, if we could do English, French, Spanish, and maybe Chinese, Japanese, and I don't know, but, you know, we're in in Cuba. Cuba listens to us. Cuba showed up on the world map. How did that happen? Well... Hmm. Yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You can do the Spanish part with Josie. <laughs> well, there you go. But the point, the point being is that by opening that up, mm-hmm. the effort that we put in, the, the, the return is, is how should I say, unmeasurable. Yeah. And to me, that is our responsibility as a nation. That is our responsibility as a culture, as an American culture. You see? 
that we we are willing to have and create that circle in the sand, if you will, where yeah. we well, can have a conversation. How do you get out of your bubble in L.A.? I mean, I know you do on location shoots and things like that, but when you're writing a story, you know, Hollywood is a bubble. Washington is a bubble. You know, I mean, every, yes. every place has its own little bubble. So how do you reach regular folks? Do you go live with them? Do you go walk the halls of Congress for a while when you're doing The Falcon? You know, how, how do you get into, I guess, method, it's the equivalent of method acting. Is there method producing where you actually become a part of what you're going to write about and, and produce? Well, what happens in, in, in the terms of, let's say, looking at it from the storyline, okay? Mm-hmm. We, in Hollywood, we, we, we have, let's say, a conversation. It starts out generally in a conversation. You have to understand, most films are, are actually, their beginning is at some networking or some incidental meeting, okay? Mm. It doesn't happen like, okay, this year, this is what I'm going to do. No, it's more like, hmm. Uh, I need to go out there and find out what seems to be the flavor of the month. Okay. Okay. What what seems to be the flavor of now? Here's here's where it gets a little fuzzy. Am I doing it because I sense that if I have a certain impression? I wrote the Falcon in 2014. I sense that there was something going wrong with the system then. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my finger on it. Okay. But I knew that there was a change happening. That the that the that the parties to be were not the, that they were changing, okay? Now, I will say this. In my mantra, Greg, and, and this is the way it is, the one thing that is constant in the universe is change. Yeah. That is the only thing that's constant. Well, now, if you can you, admit to that and agree to that, then you become already 60% avail, uh, of the ability to survive, okay? okay. Change well, is the only constant. Uh, go ahead. Well, it was something kind of funny. You said, and you got a little fuzzy on this line because we're still getting background noise. Um, but you said you started, you wrote The Falcon in 2014, which is ironic because that's when I started yeah. Action Radio. That's when I had my, my bike ride no, revelation. No. Oh, yeah, no, it's true. This is true story. Well, well, there you go. So, in other words, this is ether. This is this unwritten ether that happens in the human, uh, in, in our species. Uh-huh. Okay. That there's, there's a, an, another level. Now, I don't want to get uh, superstitious. I don't want to get, but I believe that there's some truth to that, that something happens and there's this underlying feeling that goes through. Okay? Now, I will say this. I will honor, and I don't know if it's an honor because it also can be a, a terrible thing. Women have this kind of sensitivity. We call it sixth sense. Okay? But, but regardless of when you started and when I started, I knew that I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Now, you have to understand, I have I to... Can. Obama was in pres- I can't. Obama was in the White House. That's what happened. We, we didn't want to live under a, under a fundamental transformation and a tyranny by... Uh, there you, you know, go. It, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. So, and so, know, my, so, go ahead. Well, I want, to, I want to know how you got the inspiration with Falcon, because with me, with Talk Radio, I was riding in my bike along the shoreline of uh, San Francisco Bay. I was on the Oakland side, and watching the, the Pelicans, you know, dive in and grab the herring, and it was really great. It was January. And I said uh, to myself, I'm thinking, you know, I want to be world's greatest talk show host. And I've told this story before. I'm going to mute you just for a second again. It's getting, it's getting loud back there. Um, and I wanted to do something that no one's ever done before. And I was thinking about talk radio. And I, I went through this very simple conversation with myself that talk radio, the problem is all they do is talk. They never take any action. I said, we don't need talk radio. We need action radio. And once I said those two words, action radio, that started me on this entire course. And it happened very quickly. We're talking about a short little conversation you know, in my head. 
you know, about, uh, about, you know, going from talk radio to action radio. And once I made that jump from talk to action, everything else has kind of followed from there. And my first article came out in 2014 the, on the city states and it was an American thinker and that's when it all began. And here we are. So it's fascinating. Back to you. Well, Unless I think you muted yourself. You see, this yeah. is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful uh-huh. thing. You, in your own right, with the exposure that you had, you had the sensibility. Now it's time to make it evolve one more step. And I think that's, that's the course in which we had this collision, okay, as a, hmm. as a arm of what your expression was many years ago in terms of entertainment. I think we need to sit together and explore that to the next level. You see, mm-hmm. what I love is the fact that uh, I've read some of and listened to some of the articles that are archived. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, so, so we are on Which the articles? right my articles? The audience is, is My articles also or my part shows or what? I'm just, I'm just curious. Yes. Did you say my, oh, no, my articles? Um, oh, okay. I've written a bunch. I, no, I, I, I listen to them because while I'm working, I mean, right. I can, I thank God I can multitask. While I'm <laughs> working and just arranging stuff in the studio or just doing some yeah. of my I mean, the mechanical stuff, filling in stuff, I listen to mm-hmm. your shows. And I think that that right here, is, oh, Jesus, right now, I'm right now in a cafe. <laughs> And I'm, oh, I, I, I apologize tell. to all you listeners. Yeah, I, I apologize, honestly, because I had to drop off one of my associates at, at the airport. And uh, they needed to get out. They're, they're, they're traveling around. But um, this is, I think, the essence of being who we are. To me, uh, what you're doing, Greg, is exactly where you want to be, where, where you must be, where you need to be at this point. And same with yeah. yourself. The Falcon okay. itself is, is just simply a tip of the iceberg. Of, of what well, let's get a Falcon update. You know? I'd like to know where you well, first okay, got the idea and tell us what you can yeah, tell us. Fact, like I say, I, I, don't go into stuff you can't yet just because we're podcast forever. So, you know, I just want to give you that little caution. Yeah. But, uh, okay. but to put the, let's put a broad stroke on it. What mm-hmm. all I'm saying to, to in my story is what if there was an opportunity for the people, okay, to be able to redirect the management of this country to where somewhere close to where our forefathers originally envisioned. Okay, that's it. It's a pretty simple. It's a pretty simple concept. But the beautiful thing is doing this action drama. How should I say, fictitious situation? We can actually explore how we arrived at this situation. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes, sometimes we need to go back and see how things got to be the way they were, so we can actually look forward and see how we can either adjust, change, or completely drop certain things. There is a group of people that says the Constitution is old. Sure, it's old. It needs to be updated. I, I don't disagree. But to literally just I do. eliminate, <laughs> you know, okay, then we need to then say, well, it's the same situation. A guy says, hey, listen, the Constitution is no good. Okay, so what do you have in place? Well, I don't know, uh, but the Constitution is no good. Get out of my office. <laughs> You're not bringing me a solution. Has anybody said that to you, and have they given you a for instance? I mean, what is it about the Constitution that they don't like? Uh, do they know what they're talking about? Because we have a saying here about no, assumptions being stronger so than I truth. Don't, I, see, they I, don't I, know what's see, in here's it. Here's the thing. I don't, yeah, okay. I don't want to address someone that way. Because you're absolutely okay. right. My, what's going on in my head is your conversation. Okay? Hmm. So, I, so I simply said, I tell you what, you're lucky you're under the flag. 
bring me a solution, and then we'll have a discussion. Mm-hmm. But just simply to tell me that it's no good doesn't work. It's kind of meaningless. It doesn't work in any way. It's counterproductive to me, you mm-hmm. see. Now, the very fact that he came to me to address me means that he has some value in my thinking, so I respect that. Okay? I respect that. But in that respect, there is a responsibility in the same breath. So if you're going to come to me and tear something down that I've, I've, that I've used to get me this far, then you better bring me a bridge. You see, you've got to bring me a bridge. How can I make the transition? How can I move from one, one thought process to another? That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Now, if you know, it's carry it through, Go ahead. You know, yeah, well, so right now I have a number of friends. Well, you know, we should go Marxist. We should go communist. We should go this. We should oh, go bring that. him on the show. And oh, I come said, on, bring well, him on the show. Please bring him on the show. I'd love to talk to him. That would be fascinating. I'm serious. I'm serious, Mark. Bring him on. Let's have the Marxist well, I, you know what? I'll put, I'll put the word out. Yeah. I, I, can, I can certainly. The reason I'm saying that is because fear is, here is the, the real land. Your show is the real land. This is where we bring it in, we put it in a room, we allow it to, how should I say, populate, and then we, 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 we run tests. Okay, so then let's say, let's follow this idea through. But this is where people want the short, quick answer. This is one of our fallacies. When you were talking about all the people that are listening to your show and the fact that you wanted to learn their procedures so that you could, how should I say, for lack of a better term, and some of the audience may not like this. What's their country? I don't, yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't write a saying, foreign bill. Well, at, least, without, at least you're playing yeah. a respectful, you're, you're playing enough respect to be able to say, look, I need to understand how it works so I can introduce these ideas through the language and system that you understand and see if you can see what I'm trying to tell you. Yep. You see? I but mean, that's, this, that's, this, is, this is beautiful. Yeah. Well, this so is one of my rules. Meant. Yeah. One of my rules is mm. I don't write a bill for a foreign country uh, without a person who is a citizen of that foreign country. And this is where we did the, where did the Australian, when I did the Australian Bill of Rights, I was working with Jan Clark, who's a citizen and an activist in Australia. I would never presume to write a bill for a foreign country without a, without a citizen there of that country working with me directly. I mean, that's just, that's just, a, that's one of my there basic rules, you know, and this is why well, I have to understand the system. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let's assume I'm going to write uh, the, uh, this, a story, right? But my uh-huh. audience is kindergarten children, okay? <laughs> I'm going to write it within their language and within their experience. You see what I'm saying? Pandora's Box, the story of Pandora's Box, is really a scary story. But it's been told for children, okay? If we were to really go into Pandora's Box and, and do it on an adult level, I tell you, it scared the shit off of you. <laughs> so, so same way with Hansel and Greta, perfect example. Okay, yeah. Hansel and Greta has been used so many times in my education and in presentation, whether it be a director, a writer, or what have you. Hansel and Greta, a children's fairy tale where they burn someone. Really? Come on. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so in, in that sense, what you're doing is exactly the right thing. You must use a citizen, and and it, by your very nature. It would be somebody that's actively involved in the system in which you're approaching. Technically, mm-hmm. if you really want to know, and this, I don't think this is going to go very well with your audience. You don't worry are about a it. virus. <laughs> yeah. 
Corona's going to go with me. You're a virus. I'm a virus. Okay. So, so you're a virus. Now, what you're doing is you're infiltrating other systems and presenting this. How should I say this? This vaccine. Can we rephrase that? <laughs> Can I get a new characterization? <laughs> how about a messenger? Well, there you go. How about a how about a how about a guardian angel? How about a how about a guardian angel of right? Does that sound better? No, I love what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Why would you want to be considered a virus? Exactly. Okay. Now, is penicillin a good thing or a bad thing? Okay. Oh, good point. Well, then I'll change thing. it. Instead of being a virus, you're a penicillin. You're brought into the body so that it can rebuild itself using its own structure. You're not a parasite. Okay. And I think the American idea is a dangerous idea. They would consider it a virus. We consider it penicillin because the world is becoming one it literally is. And right now, the upper management is going nuts to try to see how they're going to be able to operate and maintain their control. And the virus is one test, one aspect. They do I the language, they'll do it through my system, you know, through the entertainment industry, they'll do it. I think there, so, there, so, I, I'll disagree with you a little bit here. I'll tell you what I'm thinking is that the governments of the world right. are becoming a global village. The people of the world are not. We're still maintaining our culture. Oh, no, no, We're still no. maintaining our I language. Totally agree. And I well, think that yeah, if yeah. we can keep it, if we can take the governments and have them represent the people again through – see, this is why I think we're such a global threat to, to the, the reset. Because when, when they understand the power of what we're talking about here, of regular – oh, boy, the cafe's loud. Let me just mute you again for a minute. Uh, no offense. It's just oh, – okay, there you go. Now it's quieter. Um, but once we um, – once these, these, these foreign folks realize, well, let me give you an example of what's happening. Thursday, I've got David Stockman on the show. Okay? This is Reagan's budget director. And so I'm going to present him with our bill uh, for a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That is an earth-shattering bill. That is an earth-shaking bill that could affect every other country that has a budget, which would be every other country. The idea that the people Absolutely. can legislate away the power of their own government to borrow money is a staggering concept. And I'm curious to see what he says about it. But I'll find out Thursday at well, 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to listen in on that show because yeah. I'll be honest with you. I believe that's the direction we need to go. We need to go ahead and reorganize the people. Now, again, this is the mm-hmm. platform in which it can be done. This is the country in which it can be done. And I'll tell yep. you right now, there are systems out there that don't like this idea. They don't like this conversation. Oh, I didn't know that. You follow me? And they'll <laughs> do whatever they can to stop it. And that is folks. part of what the full Falcon concept is about. Yep. And that's what's exciting about it, because I'm willing mm-hmm. to give them the opportunity to push back for their own reasons, okay, huh? and, yep. and understand that in the long run, it's, it's a demise for the general public. You see, and and I think that's our responsibility. You know, at least I'm I'm taking the fight to them. I'm not waiting for them to to completely control us. The vaccine is only what the tip of the iceberg. It's happening in education. It's happening in me being able to travel. I mean, you know, the greatest threat to the world right now is an idea. That's the greatest threat. And what they don't want is any ideas. They want to tell you what the ideas are. That's what it is. Yeah. You ever see V for Vendetta? Speaking of, of one of my favorite films. Absolutely. There's a perfect based example. On, I knew you know what? Idea. We should make a, a movie list of films that offer, okay, mm-hmm. a different concept in what would be considered uh, the general rule. V for Vendetta yes. was excellent. Was fantastic. It touches uh, the on other so one, many concepts. Yeah. The other yeah. one, I a think bunch we should of make Spartacus. A movie list. That would be great. I think Spartacus yeah. would be a good one. 
Uh, oh, Spartacus, absolutely. Okay, As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to find out if I can do and what, what the fees would be if I had on my website a live stream hmm. where I could put those films on, pay the, pay the uh, what is it, that fee, you know. The, oh, the royalties? For lack of a better term, the IS, the ASCAP or the BMI fee to run right. those films, you see. And, and then you have these ideas back uh-huh. to back. How should I say, um, how should I say, for lack of a better term, infiltrating, okay, the, the, the yeah. status quo. Yeah. But we have solutions. There is, it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. I, I think we can still operate and still be very successful, not only for the general public, but for the, for, for the leaders who really should be servicing and they gain from those services rather than trying to manage and control. Because the tighter they do, the more frustration, the more rogues, because we're rogues. That's mm-hmm. where we are. Join the club. We're a rogue. <laughs> no, okay. I already knew that. I'm already and, in the club. <laughs> everybody, Bianchi, yeah. Jesse, everybody else. Is, we, are, we are basically a club of rogues, and we're, we're, we're proud of it. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we're willing to, to question the, the ones who are telling us what's going on, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's part of our nature. Your you know, line sounds so much better, too. I can hear you clearly now. This is yeah. great. Um, did you ever see The Fountainhead? Well. Uh, Anne Wren's film? No, I, I never Cooper? did. I, I've heard uh, a lot about it. You know what? I'm yeah. writing that down. Hold on mm-hmm. a second. That was, when did that come out? Uh, um, 60s, I think. Gary Cooper's one of my favorites. Yeah. The speech in it, if you yeah. watch the speech, there's a speech in it talking about the virtues uh-huh. of mediocrity, how everybody has to uh, subordinate their views and their, their opinions to the greater good, how everybody has to uh, you know, not take individual credit. The individuals don't matter. Only the group does. And it's, it's, uh, the, the most important part is the part that nobody ever sees. It's that one speech by this guy, Tui, who's the editor of the, of the Banner, which is the, the, the uh, magazine or the newspaper that uh, uh, Raymond Massey. He's the editor of it. Gary Cooper is the, the star of it. Howard Rourke, who plays an architect, uh, and the woman, I forgot her name. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. So these kind of films. Uh, now, Hollywood doesn't make films like that. The closest thing would be like The Hunger Games, you know, where you have the, the kids fighting against the oppressive government. But they're not as thought-provoking. They're not yeah. as psychological. They're not as, they're not as well-written. So what happened in Hollywood? Uh, did the writers give way to the special effects people? And, and did they stop considering, you know, adults and start writing for 12-year-olds? What happened? What happened to the quality of the writing? Well, I, I, okay, here's, I think this is what happened. Again, this is only my perspective. I've been only on mm-hmm. the planet 70 years, okay? So mm-hmm. I haven't been around that long. So you go back to in, silent in, movies. In is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Yeah, thanks <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I was sitting next to, uh, to be, what is it, C.C. DeMille, whatever. Right. Yeah, I was sitting there. I had the <laughs> megaphone with him, you know? The reality of it is, is that you can only write as well as a social fabric is able to understand. Hmm. And yes, remember there was a time when men were men, but now men are boys and girls are women. Have you you noticed that that social fabric change? Mm -hmm. Okay. They'll talk about the boys in a contemporary sense, but they won't talk about the men. And girls now are women. They're not girls anymore. And that right there, just that minor shift in, in our dialogue reflects on how we look at the world. And that's how powerful words are. Mm-hmm. Greg, you have no, well, I, I know you know, but oh. I want the audience to understand that words yeah. are unbelievably powerful. Unbelievably well, powerful. That's why and I rephrase they things. have those words in there. I'm sorry? Have you, have you heard our, our recharacterizations? You know, uh, the, the, like I talk about Dr. Fascist. 
you know exactly who I'm talking about, that conjures up an image in your head, you know, of an evil, hard little man, which is what he is, okay? So we use words all the time. I have, uh, uh, what are some of the other expressions? I had a bunch of them I came up with recently. Um, I'll have to go back and, and think of them. My favorite one is, is freedom rifle as yes. opposed to assault weapon. That's, that's a big thing. But just the way um, I came up with saying yesterday, you know, the, the best defense used to be a good offense. Now I say the best defense is a really good false accusation. You know, that was my favorite for Jonathan yesterday. There you go. So but we, you see how have, the fabric of the social, it's uh-huh. changed. Right. And, so, and so our system of being able to approach them has changed as well. So is it, is it, you know, in other words, it's the old chicken and the egg situation. Was it Hollywood that created this environment or was it the environment that created this result? But you, you, can, write beyond so, the, you can write beyond the social fabric. Isn't that the whole point, though, as an artist? Oh, of course. You know, I, heard, I heard an expression. Of course, as, um, as long as you're willing to then find a smaller audience, you will oh. always find an audience. The beautiful thing about this global village is that now we have the audience. There's, enough, there's a million people, mm-hmm. minimum. I would say 10 million people on a global basis that whatever idea you have, it will sell. I'd be happy with 10 million. That, that's a I, I could change play. the world on 10 million people. I mean, it'd be, you know, it'd be amazed what there you, you do. Because it, it would be a very go. unique Thank set of people. Thank you very people. much. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a very yes. unique set. That's it. Uh, I don't you get, make the, this you show. get the right connection, yeah. you can shift. Yeah. And that's dangerous to those in power that understand that reality. But they don't want the, the little guy to know that. Uh, what was it that you had? To, you had written something, uh, Greg Gregism. What was that Gregism? I call that Greg you wrote is, Gregism. Me? There's a bunch of Gregisms. Uh, I, I, yeah, I have to go but back and there check, was but, one uh, that you specifically wrote for me. Um, uh, oh, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, it says it goes. It goes something like this. So correct me, please, if, if I'm wrong. It says, okay. "But I'm only one person." Yes. And then, and then the, 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 the follow-up, the tagline to that is, "Yeah, but we're all one person." Everybody's only one person. And I know. think if, if we if, if our audience realized that and mm-hmm. knew knew where and when to connect, that one person becomes a giant. A mm-hmm. giant beyond imagination. That kind of power is exactly what the system that is existing right now does not want you to even imagine. Because the moment it's imagined, it's possible. That's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. To me, that is Not to me. Brilliant. It's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's exciting. Is, you yeah, see? It's really and, and I think your listeners, if given that, that space to allow that to, to uh, germinate, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Scary. Well, I think you've, scary, you've really hit upon our, our them, biggest obstacle. Uh, for, for the, the yeah. powers that be. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what I love about the show. Okay. And, and, um, and, 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 and oh, Jesus, some of the people, well, look, it, look which, which I need to talk to you about. And how much time do we have left? Because I, I no, don't we know. Got, we, got, we got overtime. Mess we got an overtime up. hour. You know, oh, but, are we uh, okay? okay? Yeah, you, you the, keep going the, for a few minutes. The five yeah. questions that you helped me to, um, to define for the Falcon, okay, mm-hmm. I would like to go and explore each one of those with some of the people that, that you had organized to help come up with those solutions. And, and, I, and they have a value, and, and to me, I'm responsible to them in terms of being able to support them in whatever it is that they're doing because what they brought to the table was something that I could sink my teeth into, you see. Uh-huh. You have to understand in Hollywood, we have ideas, but a lot of times we don't know how to end it. You know, great idea, well, how do we end it? 
You know, would, mm. do, now obviously everyone, you know, and, and it's not, it's true. We have the Hollywood ending. What is a Hollywood mm-hmm. ending? Everybody comes out, you know, smelling like roses. Okay. Well, there are certain, there are certain producers and writers and directors that say, no, that's not, that's not the way it should be. You know, the hero needs to die in order to really wake up the audience. Okay. Wait a minute. They, I got a show to do. Have that sense of, they have that sensibility. Yeah. Yeah. In my story, I have one character that, 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 that arc that she has mm-hmm. at this point, and to make it real, she may have to die. Huh. Remember, there's a responsibility in storytelling, too. Uh, in my case, I, I'm, I'm really walking on a, a, a what-if story that could literally happen. And you even mentioned that at the very beginning when we had first met. He said, yep. Mario, you, Jesus, this story could really happen. And I said, yes. It needs to be at least considered, you see, that it mm-hmm. could happen. And that's all I can do. I can't do anything else because that's my lane. My lane is storytelling. Your lane is to, to, how should I say, to explore and to express certain concepts with solutions, which, again, which is one thing I love about your show. You're well, willing you. to offer solutions at some well, sort, at it, beginning, in, at change. In some ways, it's not so, just the solutions. Um, it's the means for people to come up with their own solutions. So I'm sorry, I'm mission statement. Oh, I'm, uh, Can you hear me? Hello, Bianchi, can you hear me? Uh, no, not really. It's pretty, it's pretty weak. It must be me. Um, it could be, unless you're you there because I'm, I'm still I'm still broadcasting, yeah. and I, I, my mic is live. There you go. That's a little bit better. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you take go. our mission statement, and I sent you this. We're we're, we're doing off the air stuff too all the time, so sometimes it crosses under the on the air. But uh, our mission that's statement, true. you know, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. That's that's the real key. So the idea is, is not yes, that we give our consent to be governed, you know, because the question is, when, and this is, this is what started me on Action Radio. I was going through the Declaration of Independence. Right. You know, the just powers of government, not the powers, the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. But what Jefferson didn't answer was, how do we give our consent? Now, most people think voting, elections. Well, the elections have been stolen, so we really can't give our consent there. You know, uh, calling up re- emails, letters, things like that. They don't care about those anymore. So we can't give our consent that way. Mm-hmm. You know, the bills, the, the actual legislation is not written by our representatives. It's written by lobbyists on K Street who are paid off by special interests. So the bills themselves, the laws that we live by are not generated by the people. They just vote on them. Hell, they don't even read them. That's right. <laughs> okay. So we can't give our consent there either. So the only way that we can give our consent is to actually write the laws that we consent to be governed by. It's like the last bastion of freedom. Uh, in, in a, you know, and people talk about you know, bullets and ballots. We had a discussion the other day with, with Brianna, who's our 16-year-old high school reporter. Yeah. And we we're talking about yes. civil war. You know, what are the conditions for a future right. civil war? And I said, well, people talk about bullets and ballots. Okay? If you don't have ballots, then you go to bullets. I'm like, no, there's a third alternative, bills. Okay? We don't have to go to bullets. Yes. We can go to bills. What are yes. you talking about? Well, right. if we change the laws that we operate under, we can box in the special interests. And those there are enforceable in court there you go. through liability laws. We can make well, it this, so expensive for them that they can't do what they're doing right. to us now. But that takes Well, there power. you go. And I think that's, mm-hmm. part of the, that's part of the subtext of the Falcon. Because mm-hmm. my character, one of my characters, simply says when he's asked, well, then what you said you don't agree with the management, so what you're talking about, war. And, and the individual responds and says, no, war. Then the other says revolution. He said, no, we need to evolve, but we need a system in which we can evolve through that. 
and and what your what your answer is mm-hmm. in the in the real sense is to be able to start writing these bills. That's mm-hmm. the last bastion, you see, before yep. we get to the you know the hot lead, if you will. So well, if we can um, avoid war no, it, it, through it, citizen legislation, that would be that would be an accomplishment in itself. Avoid civil war. There you go. Would be huge. Right. If the, I'd if, be happy if, with if that. the voice, if the exactly, and I think we're we are the flashpoint for that. Not only with your services that you're bringing to the audience, but at the same token, the stories that I, this particular story that I'm right. Look, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. If 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 I can get this off the well, let's put it this way: when I get this off the ground, okay, mm-hmm. it will start a trend. There are already films that are out there that are pushing this exact same idea in their own way. Just like when you were riding along the beach and you got the idea after looking at the pelicans and all that kind of stuff. They said, we need action radio. <laughs> great image, We don't it? need just information. You see what I'm saying? It's beautiful, yeah. beautiful. At the same mm-hmm. token, somewhere else down the line, two, 500 miles away, mm-hmm. you know, I got this feeling and I started riding the falcon. Mm-hmm. So all of this, if there's two of us, okay, there's at least a thousand of us. There's more okay. of us out there. It, it's just a lot impossible more. to be, yep. and that's therefore each of us is a falcon. Each of us. At the end of the day, when 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 we are the embodiment of the Constitution, as as damaged as it is at this point, we're the ones that actually have survived and are flourishing based on this this myriad of of roadblocks and shifts and changes. And yeah. and if we don't do something mm-hmm. in in our effort. It's it's over. Some people say it's already over. No, they're wrong. There's no way we're going to be able to get back. I don't give back. up that easily. I, I disagree. Yeah. Well, because no, the Constitution's still there. It's still no, 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 no. The words are still no, there. They still no, mean no, the same no. thing. We haven't even begun. I tell you, once if once we get more oh, okay. people to be mm-hmm. able to, like I said, people, okay, mm-hmm. to be able to understand the demise that we are heading in, okay, mm-hmm. they're going to start putting in their own way the stops. But we have to give them the firepower. We have to give them the information. We have to give them the what if. We have to give them the pros and cons. That's an educated people. And that's the dangerous thing to the existing system that's existing now and in the world. I tell you, we are are the the, the rogues of the planet in that sense. Mm -hmm. And that that sounds heroic, but at the Mm. same token, there's a tremendous responsibility. Yeah, that's, so, that's really know, what, that's I, what drives easily, me, there's uh, this yeah. responsibility of this. And so because of that responsibility, you know, yes, it's a choice to do this, but no, it's not really a choice because you know, the two things I've always known. There my you life, go. Uh, I was talking about this the other day with, with a friend of mine. Two things I've always known is that we're going to have another worldwide crisis like World War II. It's going to be, uh, it won't be the same, it'll be different, but there's going to be a worldwide crisis. And I knew it was going to be in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. The second thing I knew was I was going to have to do something about it. And I was going to be a player in it somehow. Mm-hmm. And both of those things have come to pass yeah. now. And so once we get the right. word out, see, here's what you can do with the Falcon and everything else. If, if, if Action Radio and the concept of citizen legislation becomes international through the Falcon, where people see a story that could be, you know, the next part of the story is that it becomes real life, you know, somehow, some way. We'll, we'll tell, tell you all later. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, exactly. that's going to be that, that kind of a concept, that whole idea that, yes, it is possible. Yes, it's a story, but... Yeah. You know, do you want that to be your story? And that's so, that's what people are going to have to ask, ask themselves. You do see, you want there, this to there's, be, there's you put that on the film too. I want do the you audience, want this to be your yeah. story? Yeah. Greg, you're absolutely right. I want the mm-hmm. audience to have a choice. Do you want this mm-hmm. to be your story? Yes or no? You can use that, by when the way. When you walk out of that theater, do you want to be a falcon? Yes or yeah. no? Do you want to yeah. be able to walk out and say, uh, but I'm only one, and you look around you? Yeah, but we're all one. You see, 
And that was the whole punchline on the banner that, that I put out. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole idea. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, 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 you know, this is really the, the key. And, yes, in other words, a lot of times the most indirect way is the best way. And I think okay. story, what if, in my responsibility to you and to your ideas and the ideas that I feel are necessary, this is mm-hmm. my strength in terms of telling a story. Because when that story gets out in any language that we put it out, it will mm-hmm. then begin a conversation within that individual. And they will run across. And they'll say, just like you said to me, did you see Vendetta? Oh, yeah, I saw Vendetta. Did you like that? You see what I'm saying? So did mm-hmm. you see the Falcon? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you got to see it because I'd like to get your opinion on it. That, mm-hmm. to me, goes under the radar of the system that exists. Unless they can stop that, then we're really in trouble. There's where I think the, the real battlefield will end up is in the storytelling area because if they change our story, then we're screwed. We're, we're dead. And, uh, well, I'm not changing my story. <laughs> uh, so the, my story is going to go on here. Um, but what's interesting is, is your story, and I'm fascinated to see how this turns out. Pianki, do you have any questions? I think we could probably uh, hold it up for, for today. No, yeah. I don't. Thank you. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening in. Yeah, All right, tomorrow Greg, we've well, got listen, to... I'm going to let you go. Okay. And uh, you know what? I, I think if we can schedule, I'll look at my schedule. If we can do it, I can definitely give them some scenes. And I might be able to have uh, almost okay. like well, the, back in the day the when you chat. did radio drama. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we might talk, be able we'll, to do something uh, like that. Yeah, we'll talk off the air. Uh, this is the, I want to keep this one. Um, you got it. Action Radio. All right, now. I'm yeah. going to let you go. Okay. Well, thank you. It's getting busy this out here, fun. and it's getting more noisier. So let me let you go, sir. All righty. Okay. Thanks, Mario. All right, sir. I'll talk to you then. Take care. Sounds thank good. you so much. Take care. Bye. I'll talk to you very soon. Here we go. All right. So that's Mario Prado and who is the producer of The Falcon. This is the film that we're involved with. It's going to be fascinating to see how this works out. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, that's happening. Again, there are things that... Uh, with, that's one of the problems with Action Radio. I don't like to re- release stuff until I know I can. Um, and so as far as that goes... And there's some things that uh, I want to kind of keep uh, within Action Radio just for a little bit, too. And, so, and that goes for, for a lot of stuff, like, like bills. You know, uh, you'll see... I mean, I have a ton of bill ideas. You're not going to see them until I can actually put something down on the website, and you can take a look and see exactly what we're doing. And so that's, that's kind of how that goes. But trust me, things are happening. We've got uh, tomorrow, Deborah Viglione. Dr. Deborah Viglione will be back. We're going to talk about her book on, on COVID and what the uh, big pharma's not telling you. Uh, we got part of the story last week. We're going to get more of the story this week. I might even do it next week if we need more of the story. Uh, what's going on in COVID is absolutely tragic. Uh, in fact, I had the story on, on, uh, on, on separate blood. You know, people are, are forming blood banks of, of non-vaccine-destroyed blood. Um, and so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. Entire industries are going to come out of this. We're not done, you know, and, and again, that PSA that I had that I can't use because a couple of parts of it are inaccurate. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, like I said, there are recovery things, and you, you can get COVID again, um, but chances are if, you're, uh, if you had the jab, you're most likely to get it again. That's a whole different thing. All right, so back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. I'm going to play just a, a couple things for you. I think I, that I didn't play the first time. And uh, then we'll be out of here. I'll be back tomorrow again, 7 a.m. Friday is still 6 a.m. I think, no, Friday actually might be 7 a.m. this time too. Uh, I, uh, I think, oh, I'll have to check the reporter schedules and see who's here and who's not. But uh, again, fascinating day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. 
which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. 